Hello and welcome back to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. I'm your host, Al White, and in a brief moment, I'm going to introduce you to our wonderful festive collection of delectable guests. But first, if you've been away for, what, two years? Two years? This is our celebratory return, and if you're new to us, welcome, and I'm sorry, uh, but you're here now, you've dug your hole, so you might as well cover yourself in nice, comforting dirt by hitting that subscribe button help us out uh we're trying to get back on our feet because we do have new shows coming uh we've got different fun guests we've got some new formats we've got a whole bunch of more and of less uh obviously we used to do the horror franchises uh and we're bringing that back it won't be every week it'll be every other week and uh my co-hosts for that are going to be shannon hollander who you might remember from our old shows uh, i'm sorry she insisted to come back there's not much i could do about it and we also brought on our new friend carly who is on this chat right now uh carly what are we going to be talking about in our future show we're going to be talking about final destination all of them absolutely <laughs> wonderful what could possibly go wrong everything uh so please do subscribe and please do be so just so excited for that show um but you're not here for that you're here for our end of 2022 uh film celebration that we liked to do back in the day it's been a few years since we've done one but well that's a lie we did one last year with many people on this call and it was a fucking mess <laughs> so it didn't get released i'm sorry um so we're gonna see if this one if this one works uh on the call with me who do we have we have yes carly from the final girls who's just been introduced uh, we have Amy also from The Final Girls. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was very reassuring. Uh, we have a writer-director, Peter Campbell. Hi. <laughs> that was... That sounded like a cry for help. Like you're just in someone's basement just <laughs> screaming for help. Uh, we also have writer-actor, uh, <laughs> Sophia Don Walker. Thank you. I do have a gun uh, held to Peter under the desk, so... Wait, what? Perfect. I didn't know, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Because it sounds like a he was crying for help. So oh. whatever helps you get your choices into the into the nominations, I approve. Uh, we have Canadian Heidi. Hello. <laughs> that is your full name. Um, and of course, Lola Number One. None of that number two shit. Which was go- that was a joke that was going to work because we're going to have Lola Number Two on, and now there's no context. So our listeners, there's tough. no context because there's no contest, Al. Wow. That's absolutely valid. Oh, shit. I'm presuming she's listening and crying right now. So, job done. Love you, Lola. Uh, So, the last time we did the... Well, pretty much every time we do these, friendships are broken. And that's really the aim. That's what this podcast is about. We're trying to upset each other. um, And hopefully some of you... I think some of you are just becoming friends in the prelude to this podcast. Well, just that's going to go out the window over the next few hours. So, don't get used to it. Uh, We have a bunch of categories, which I'm going to read through in a moment, Um, and then I'm going to be taking us through the year, month by month, and at the end of each month, uh, we're going to get to say, hey, who wants to nominate something from that month, or who wants to vote something from that month? The nominations are for the categories, Uh, they're just going to be added up at the end, and we'll have a winner, pretty simple. The votes, each person has three votes, and they get to pick three films that were their films of the year. Now, if someone's voted your film already into the list play some strategy, and you get to pick something else. So good for you. However, once we've passed a film, we're not going back for it. So that's where it becomes a little bit of a game. You got to like get on it. So uh, once the month has gone, the month has gone. Uh, we are, uh, look, we have some contention sometimes. We're only covering films that got US public releases in 2022. None of your festival fucking nonsense. All right? 
I, I see your lists. I see you sneaking on those little sneak previews because you get out into the world and actually watch movies. Well, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let me tell you what the categories are. Uh, we've got most underrated films. So this is uh, this can be interpreted however you want. Underrated could be you feel publicly underrated. could be critically underrated. It could just be a film you feel no one noticed at all. That's up to you. Uh, I'm sure we'll argue with you. Uh, you get to pick your best genre film for people who aren't familiar. What that really means, it's like science fiction, horror, fantasy, anything that's in those realms. Uh, we've got two cards uh, for Fuck You, I Love It. Those are films that can be used for films that you don't necessarily think are the best films of 2022, but that you loved anyway. These could be ones that are like weird ones, or it could be ones that, honestly, you're like, yeah, I realize this is trash, but I loved it and I watched it a whole bunch in 2022. Um, we've got best returning franchise because, my God, a lot of fucking franchises came back in 2022. Uh, best animated film, and then uh, my personal favorite, I'm not voting for this, but I want to talk about it anyway. Uh, you get one vote for that, and that can be anything. That can be your card. If you want to be just angry, that could be your card for, you know what, I'm fucking pissed about this and I want to talk about it. Or it could be just for something, you have a funny story to go with the film, whatever you want, doesn't matter. Uh, we won't judge externally just internally uh and then of course you have your three nominations for your best films of 2022 everybody fine with that we got all of it yeah i have a question no questions uh when you when we pass the film that we have like selected for a various category how do we how do we stop the ride to make a note of it can we say like buzz or something well so at the end it's a very good question thank you peter please keep them coming at the end of each month i will stop and say was there anything in that month that you want to nominate or vote that's your window but once we've closed that window we won't be going we won't be opening up a month again we leave each month in the past as is honestly healthy i honestly you know the problem with humanity is that we cling on to things too much we gotta let go and just move forward so that's what we're gonna try and do on this podcast so true um now i'm gonna throw one little extra extra little what do you call it bump in the road um that nobody here yet knows about uh and i want to do it here just to make sure everyone understands so that's not all everybody also gets two special cards and this is something that we always used to do in, in the olden days and we used to make it more complicated than this this is a simple version uh, you get one signature select card and everybody also gets one veto card um now for instance, if someone who's no longer in this chat, who was meant to be here, uh, selected Smile as uh, a film that should be on the best films of the year list, then I can say no and slam down my veto card. Now, my veto card is then burnt. I can't use it again. I've used up my only chance of veto, but Smile will not get on that list. That goes for nominations and also for the votes. However, if they still had their signature select card, they can then play that card and that basically counters my veto. What then happens is it goes to a very quick vote from you beautiful, cohesive judges to decide who was right. Uh, if, however, you want to just be sure something gets in, uh, then you can use your signature select card on a film that's really important to you to get onto any particular list that you want it on. Again, the only way that can be counted is with someone else using their veto card because they feel that strongly against it. That is the extra dink that we get in this ride. Uh, everyone clear on that? Makes sense? I was just going to say, if you use your signature select card, no one can veto it after that. It's like... No, if you, it's the same. It goes either way. Uh, the, if you use a signature select card, someone else would have to veto to contest it. Anything oh, okay. that's been contested goes to the judges to decide which way does it go, basically. Oh, wow. We want to make sure that... Yeah, <laughs> is it? 
yeah i know we'll see we'll, we'll get I'm for it simple-minded I'm simple-minded sure out okay is that what you want me to say is that what I, you're looking for? I know what's in that mug all right uh, by the way, I encourage and actually implore all of you to use your vetoes or signature selects, not just in the best films of the year, but in the other categories too, because I've done the math and we're fucked if you want to use them for the best films. <laughs> so, yeah, please feel free to take that advice. Uh, yeah, so in the end, I'm just going to add up those nominations and it'll be pretty easy for to reveal what our winners are. And then we'll have a little list of our best films of the year. Okay, let's get into it. So we started the year in a month that we like to call January. Uh, we had a bunch of movies. We had one called The Super Deep. Uh, we had horror film, um, see for me. We had The 355, which someone told me to put on this list, but I don't know what that is. What's 355? It's a female spy movie with Jessica Chastain. Oh, I didn't see, you've already forgotten it ever happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do forgot remember about it. Th- I didn't see it, but I remember hearing about it and seeing all the features. Okay. Uh, we had anime movie Bell. Uh, we had the return of Scream, which should be called Scream 5, but no, it's just called Scream because let's just continue making all these horror franchises confusing. Uh, we had Boiling Point, the UK chef movie. We had Compartment Number 6. We had The Fallout, uh, the musical Serrano. Or what's the other way you say that name? People get teased. Serrano. Serrano. No. Cool. Uh, we had the shark movie, The Requin. And we had Sundown with Tim Roth. That is everything we have down for January. Just for people listening, if you're screaming because we missed something, I'm sorry, you run your own podcast. Uh, is there anything there in January that people want to vote for? How do we want to do this? Actually, we didn't work out a way to go around. Does it matter? People just want to jump in. I'm going to go straight for it. Uh, my favorite film of the entire year was released in January. Um, and that is Sundown. Oh. Uh, so I'm putting down one of my votes for uh, best films of the year. Uh, I support for Sundown. That. Uh, Sundown's from man, I've forgotten his name. Um, hi, did you remember his name? Uh, I know he directed New Order. Yeah, he directed New Order. People seem to like New Order. Actually, came out like a year before this, so pe- a lot of people didn't notice Sundown because it came pretty came out pretty quickly afterwards. Um, my quick pitch on New Order. It's, yeah, sorry, on on Sundown. Uh, I mean, honestly, and I, um, I will say this a lot, the less you know, the better. Um, but it is about a man on holiday in Mexico with his, uh, with his family. Um, and then uh, someone back home dies. Um, and then uh, th- things start to happen. But what I love about it is that it's one of the, the thing that I love so much about it is that you gradually, it challenges you to rethink how you thought about a character as they gradually reveal more information about this character as the film goes on. Uh, so you will be, you will find yourself judging everyone in a particular way and not in a big way to not make a big deal out of it. It's very kind of subtle. Um, and then you'll get a little bit more information and then you go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have thought about this situation in this way. And then you get a little bit more information and then it will just keep doing it throughout the film. Um, and it's, it was just the most, for me personally, it hit me in a way no other film did this year. It's incredibly soulful. It's beautifully shot. It's very simple. Uh, I think Tim Roth does one of, I mean, he's done you know, so many great performances this year, no matter through his career. Um, and this for me is one of my favorites from him. I think it's a stunning movie and it is, in a, and I'm going to say this right up the top. Okay. This is 2022 has been my favorite year of cinema in my entire lifetime. I have never, I've given, and I didn't even get through all the films I wanted to get through, but I've given 11 films, nine out of 10 or above scores. 
Um, and I've never done that before. Normally there might be two or three. Last, like 2022 was just sublime cinema for me. And this was my favorite of all of them. But I'll be honest, my top five to eight are you know, almost interchangeable. But so it, I guess my vote. It was difficult. Like I, I almost like, I mean, I, I do have them written down, but like I, I wrote two other categories on my notes, which is fuck you, it's good, and fuck you, it's fine. Because there's so much, there's so many movies this year that like even the ones that like I feel like film Twitter like panned, I watched them and was just like, eh, I mean, it's really not that bad, but like the the best of the year like is. There's so many. I fully agree with you. It was a really fucking good year for movies. I think I watched the wrong movies. <laughs> we will help you with that. There Amy. was a lot happening, but there was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I just felt like there was a lot of good movies, but not a lot of great movies. Like nothing that really like. There's very few movies that actually like I cared to be like felt shook after watching them. You know, like I felt something that was lasting. That's just, that's just called getting older. No, it's not. But you know what? There were a number of films on this list this year that fucked me up hard. Like, I can think of at least uh, probably five or close to that I saw. I was like, oh shit, that's going to leave me thinking for a while. Yeah, I think I just watched the wrong ones. That's fair. Maybe I just watched a bunch of shitty movies, which is also a thing that I do sometimes. (laughs) I might just veto some of the movies Al really loves just for fun. (laughs) Even though I haven't seen it. Can I do that? That sounds like a good time. Um, All right. Did anybody have anything else from January? At the moment, we have one vote into our pile. Is that it? Do we want to move on? We don't care about January. It is true. I'll be honest. Like, it's always like the end of the fucking years that are just loaded with all of the gems. It's they're they're far less at the beginning. Um, All right. February. Well, here's one that I'm sure we're going to get people excited. Moonfall came out. Uh... I, I watched Moonfall on a plane, and let me tell you what, that's not the way to watch Moonfall, because <laughs> particularly if you're scared of flying like I am, because the last half an hour of that movie is just people, it's like being in a 4D experience, because I was having turbulence in the plane while watching people have turbulence in a space shuttle, and it upset me greatly. <laughs> Sounds interactive to me. Yeah. yeah. 4D movie. <laughs> um, uh, we also had a movie that's on a lot of critics' uh, top uh, films of the year lists, Jackass Forever. Uh, we had The Worst Person in the World, and had a film on a lot of people's lists. We had Kimmy, uh, we had Death on the Nile, Catch the Fair One, Dog. Uh, Uncharted was this year. That blows my mind. I can't believe Uncharted was this year. It feels uh, like it was so long ago. It really does. It really does. A Banquet came out, Strawberry Mansion, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, came out this year as well. Again. Let's just confuse people by calling films the exact same name again and again and again. Uh, the Kingsman came out, The Burning Sea, and Studio 666. Anybody voting for anything in February? Yes. Oh, we got multiple hands. Uh, uh, Heidi, you said yes first. Off you go. <laughs> uh, I'm putting The Worst Person in the World uh, as the best film of 2022. Um, I'm one of those people that had it on my list last year, but I think even with how great this year was, um, yeah, it's still like my favorite film, I think, of this year and last year. So um, I just really loved it. Like, I was basically like this portrayal of like we're all moving through different chapters in our life. Sometimes it's aimless, um, moving from one thing to the next, including like different relationships. 
and um, I just love how honest it is about a lot of things, especially like with different encounters that she has with people, um, like meeting someone at a party and um, you know, they're trying to get to know each other and just sort of like um, playing with flirtation and intimacy and not going over that line of betrayal and um, yeah, just figuring each other out and just sort of that honest connection between them. And then there's also like a really honest kind of breakup scene in the end of a relationship and how like she's just outgrown it and needs to move on and but it doesn't mean it wasn't meaningful to her and um, just various things like that that she goes through like I just love really the honesty of it all and just how like we are all very imperfect and that's okay so you're not saying this is just one of your three picks this is your favorite of the year yes it's very close to another film um, but yeah I would say this is still my top film okay okay uh, how many have people seen this movie it's a lovely movie. Yeah. Yep. It's on my yep. list, but I haven't watched it yet. I just full I, I agree. I didn't I don't think that I, I put it for any category necessarily, but like it is just like such a nice and like surprising uh movie. Uh I feel like when you when you start it you kind of have some idea about what it's gonna be and then then it really is not. And although I didn't put that as my um as one of my movies, the the writer of that movie is the director of another very different movie um, that was also masterful and is one of my one of my picks that we'll get to. But um, yeah, they're just doing some really interesting stuff in that movie with like I don't know, like they kind of loop like cancel culture into it in a really interesting way that you don't expect is going to have anything to do with like a young woman's coming of age story and it doesn't have anything to do with like I think it just sort of feeds into this like this feeling that I think a lot of people have including myself where you're kind of like you've gone through your 20s basically and you become aware that like oh like you will hurt people sometimes and then you start feeling this like crushing moral feeling of just especially like the way people talk about like any kind of emotional hurt now it's like am i the fucking worst person in the world because you know like i broke up with someone one time and and it didn't end well like and i think that the movie does like a really amazing portrayal of someone going through the many stages of that feeling and and she's messy but she's not a bad person yeah i agree i really love this movie as well it's honestly again just testament to how many incredible films came out in 2022 that this slipped from like i think it was my third spot earlier in the year and it slipped down like it's out of my top 10 now which seems crazy to me because i love this movie but um but yeah very happy to see it represented on the list uh is there anything else in february that people want to put place votes on yeah, yeah allow me to bring down the classiness of this podcast please <laughs> Be- <laughs> you guys sorry al's gonna regret having me on here i'm gonna vote for the texas chainsaw mask <laughs> oh my Hell fucking categories. oh my god <laughs> Allow me to. Please. 
Which categories are we doing? I can't tell if Peter is taking off his shirt or hiding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Could it be both? I think I I I can guess one of these categories, but please go. I think Um, Peter's in deep pain. I actually, uh, I voted for it for Fuck You, I Love It. Um, and I and I also voted for it for most underrated. And okay. I'm, I think those, and if, I'm gonna, okay. if it's going to be I, in any categories, those are good ones for it to be. Yeah, in. I mean, it's not high art, um, but I'm going to say I was pretty bored with the movies I watched this year. It sounds like you've found some really great ones. I watch a lot of genre movies, and that's the majority of what I watch. So I had a lot of fun watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but as a standalone film, it's fucking it a is lot fucking of fun. fun. And, it's a blast, uh, yeah. And no one was expecting it. And uh, and let's not forget about it, because it's a lot of... It's it's a great time with a chainsaw. What's not to love about that? <laughs> and if I recall, I laughed a lot while watching yes. it. Like, yeah. I laughed a surprise... Normally, I am not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre person. I don't like torture porn. And that, like, some of them... Some of the franchise entries over the years have verged the on newer that ones for yeah sure. exactly yeah um especially the newer ones um and i laughed a lot less and felt uncomfortable a lot more which is fine but uh this one surprised the shit out of me i really kind of just sat back ate my popcorn and uh chuckled the entire time so yeah to be clear was covered this on our podcast and we said you know it doesn't work as a texas chainsaw massacre movie but it works really well as just like a standalone horror film what did we give we gave it a new title i don't remember what it was i think it was leatherface goes to town it was that's exactly what it was (laughs) that's so good (laughs) yeah it's i went into this super judgy i was like i'm gonna hate it whatever and it's definitely not it makes no sense in the texas chainsaw world but it's a blast and is just ridiculous and super fun. Yep. Absolutely. Well, it's in the categories. Congratulations. <laughs> um yeah, I can't I can't get on board with with some of the words you're all using, but I also don't think it's uh I don't think it's anywhere near the atrocity that most people think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm totally fine with it being in fuck you, I love it and also I don't think it's the most underappreciated, but yeah, in some ways, in some ways, yeah. it's definitely not as bad as people think it is. Yeah. Um, and there are a couple of really cool moments. Like the very last kill is, is very effectively done. Um, okay. Anything else from February that people need to throw into the hat? Uh, uh, oh. oh, no, you go ahead. No, you go, Lola. Fuck. God damn it, Lola. So many movies in February. Uh, I... I didn't see, there are some months I only saw a couple movies and some that I saw like six, uh, but I want to say, oh God, Jackass Forever, <laughs> fuck you, I love it, because it. I just great. enjoyed it, and it's so stupid, and I went to college uh, with folks that grew up with those guys, because I was from the East Coast, and so I was used to hearing weird ass stories, I was watching that stuff in the late 90s when I was in college before uh, some of it came out. And so I have like a weird uh, nostalgic attachment to this franchise. Um, and I've also enjoyed seeing like how some of the people that have been in it have actually kind of grown up, especially recently, and finally uh, stopped doing 8,000 drugs at once. Um, and, and I'm like, I'm happy to see some of them making movies and uh, still living at this point. So, uh, yeah, I kind of been, I enjoyed it. And it was dumb as fuck. And I was into that. Big, dumb, fun thrills. Yes. 
Yeah, I definitely Mush. support that. Yeah, I yeah think, same. Like, I watched it. Well, actually, I think I. <laughs> Actually, I know. I thought I was watching it, but it was the documentary because oh, that's also yes, yes, so yes, it was like yes. a behind the scenes. In a way, they, they are all documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> I, I just needed a palate cleanser, and I laughed way more than yeah. I really care to admit. But yeah, it was just stupid fun, like those fucking Thank guys. Thank you. Yeah. It was a blast. I really enjoyed it as well. Okay. Uh, anything else from February? Can we move into okay. March? I'll make it quick. Um, not not voting, but la, but want to talk slash fuck you. I like it. Um, is Kimmy? Uh, I thought that was. Just doesn't a, sound like a category, Peter. I don't know. <laughs> well, I just fucking made it one. Uh, no, the category is not voting, but want to talk about it. Um, but uh, I just think Steven Soderbergh continues his fucking run of like trying out a new random experiment like twice a year and mostly it works. Um, it, I remember the big deal about this movie when it came out in a lot of reviews that I saw and I agree with is it was one of the first pandemic era movies to incorporate coronavirus in a way that was not central to like the plot but it did affect the world of the characters so like uh kimmy the main character is a person that has general anxiety uh and like kind of agoraphobia but the pandemic like hyped it up which many of us had very similar experiences with um and then but then the actual like plot is a like corporate espionage thriller like a 70s style you know so it's very in line with like side effects um which is another Soderbergh movie where it's like you think that it's gonna be like this movie like about x and then actually although you're learning some stuff about x subject it's really just kind of like a hitchcocky thriller um and and it's awesome and they probably spent like fucking ten dollars on it uh which is great she does have my dream job of like it was basically monitoring other people's conversations and then turning that into code right that just and it was like i think i saw that back to back with the batman so it was like a big zoe kravitz month and like she is Mm -hmm. one of those actresses that you don't you kind of don't want her to be that good because she's so conventionally attractive and her parents are like famous as hell and you're just like is she that good but it's like she kind of (laughs) is and that movie she pulls off i think to a degree that is shocking someone that conventionally attractive with that uh like strong of a anti-social personality where you're like yeah i believe that could be like a tech girl a tech hacker person that never talks to anyone and leaves their house i don't know how she does it but she pulls it off like sandra bullock in uh the net (laughs) she doesn't fully pull it off i think in that movie but also a very conventionally attractive person with like a weird undercurrent of like fuck everyone I think you mean Johnny Lee Miller and Hackers, but whatever. Um, <laughs> w- to just be clear, Peter, that's not going on any of our lists, though. Uh, fuck you, I like it. My personal no. category <laughs> that I'm sticking to. You had your chance to add categories. You didn't do it. 
Uh, thank you, Peter, for your thoughts and insight. You have, as we've spoken about before, a perfect jawline, so I'm going to let you get away with that. But if anybody else derails, <laughs> then you're out. Um, okay, we're going to move into March. Wait, 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 wait. I thought not voting but want to talk about it is a category. It is. Yeah, you can have that one. Are you well, that's what I that? said it was. Oh, okay. Oh. You, said, uh, you said, fuck you, I like it. Which well, that's not. my subcategory. Okay. <laughs> that's his own Keep personal two category. Uh, okay, March. We're going to start with The Batman. We've got After Yang. Uh, we had Horror Film Fresh. Uh, we had Off Season. Uh, we had The Adam Project. Uh, we had uh, the animated movie Turning Red. Uma. Is that you say that? Uma? Uma. Uma. Um, everything everywhere all at once lots of people's favorite film of the year uh, we had X the beginnings of what we may not have known at the time was going to turn into a franchise in the same year uh, we had anime film Jujutsu Kaisen Zero we had The Lost City we had You Are Not My Mother Richard Linklater's uh, new film Apollo 10 and a Half A Space Age Childhood uh, Nitram is that how you say that? I don't know I think it was yeah. Nitram is it Nitram? it's Australian okay. so And if you listen really carefully right now, you will hear a scream from Los Angeles as I say the letters R R R. An intense, an intense scream. Ariel's primal scream. There's a reason she's not on this show. (laughs) Every month, three hours of talking about R R R. I feel like it's a pretty big month. I think that's a conservative estimate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have like four in that month. Let's go. I've got Let's a few, too. Um, well, someone else can go because I was just talking about Kimmy. You're good. good. Keep going. All right, fine. <laughs> Wait, no, Sophia no, said no, something. It's... Sophia, go. Oh, okay. Well, I did have Turning Red for my favorite animated movie. Yay. I don't think it's a particularly profound movie, but I find it very endearing. Um, just a sweet kind of... Coming of, a, coming of a certain age, I suppose, for a child, or pubescent child, um, I thought the way that it kind of talked about female angst in a way that hasn't been shown in animated films was really nice, and I just thought it was really cute. Yeah. That is also my best animated oh, for the yeah, year. Dope. You got two? Okay, yeah. Yeah, make sure if someone's saying one of your nominations, make sure you say yeah, it, because that's how we find out. Yeah, well. Okay, we're getting multiples for Tony Rand. I feel bad as the Torontonian that I'm not voting for that for Best Animated, but I appreciate you three. To be fair, <laughs> I haven't seen Pinocchio, and I kind of Same. feel like I'm going to be obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. But no, Tony Red is fucking talk about excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Tony Red a lot as well. It didn't... It didn't quite i didn't quite love it as much as everybody else um but yeah i thought it was a really a really beautifully animated film with a great heart um i'm gonna throw one in really quickly as well uh <clears throat> which is a contagious one for sure because i know people either seem to love it or hate it uh i'm throwing in for best returning franchise my vote's going to the batman yeah uh the batman was the first commercial film i saw this year that really blew me away i know a lot of people really don't like this movie um, and I've had quite a lot of arguments with people in the year since. Uh, but for me, this is kind of, there are two versions of what a fan film is. You have what Spider-Man did with No Way Home, which is a fan film in terms of it's like, we're going to give you every single thing that you might possibly think you want from Spider-Man. You know, all these different Spider-Mans, all these different callbacks, all this different stuff. And I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so I can get a lot of joy out of that because it's just a very base emotional response. The Batman is the flip side of what a fan film can be. The Batman for me is like, I've never seen a director get 
that much money to make such a particular well not maybe not never but it's very rare you see someone get that much money to take a franchise that's that established and tell such a particular vision with such laser focused fucking passion um i feel that film it's not perfect at all it's it is basically seven with the batman in but seven's my favorite film of all time so i'm gonna be an easy lay for it and it is pretty stupid i think the puzzles really basic i don't think it's like you know it, it but i i went into it we were actually our last show that we we're doing with we are geeks was batman and we recorded most of that series and it will never be released sadly because uh, of covid stuff we never finish it and it's all just left on the hard drives um but all the way through it the way i approached each one is like oh this is cool when the fuck are we going to get to see batman be a fucking detective because that's what he is and they never really like to show it in the movies if they do it's cursory this doesn't do it perfectly, don't get me wrong, but this was the first time in live action I got to see Batman actually be a detective. I think it's visually stunning. I think Gotham City is the real, like, main character in the Batman. Um, and I, I just, I love this movie. It's an intoxicating mood. And I'll tell you what, when I saw it, uh, it was, I think it was the second film I saw during a pandemic or something. And I was in the backseat in an IMAX screening and no one was there because it was like the midnight screening um, in England and no one turned up. And the moment the Batmobile like kicks in Hell yeah. and the burners come out of his back, it fucking my I like bristled. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fucking cool. It's uh, I love this film. It's also my best returning franchise. Same, um, mine too. It's oh, just like I, I, was get a fight. I, yeah. I mean, I feel I feel exactly the same. It's one of several three-hour movies this year that I've seen three times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> twice in theaters, once on HBO Max. And yes. it's just like, like the, it, I, you can't really believe that it is real <laughs> because it's so like, you know, in, in this era, like the only comparable thing is like one of Nolan's movies, just in terms of like, where the fuck did this come from? And I, I, the one argument that I heard from a lot of people is like, I don't know, it's not different enough. Like, they're still doing the, like, what if it was grounded and gritty and stuff. And it was like, I don't think it actually is grounded at all. I think the closest thing that it is is to the Batman animated series. And yeah. Yeah, it's agree. like, the when people are like, oh, the writing is, like, corny or whatever, it's like, because they're doing cartoonishness and I honestly think that it's like it's modern cartoonishness that's like you know you grew up being a fucking emo kid like watching <laughs> like you know Nightmare Before Christmas and like gritty like 90s cartoons you know Aeon Flux yeah it's an Aeon Flux cartoon, yeah. Yeah. For sure. If there was one film I didn't think was going to be brought up on today's podcast. <laughs> no, no, not the film. Release not the, the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid yeah. television yes. animated series, Aeon Flux. Yeah. Um, it also reminded me a lot of the Arkham, the Arkham games, yeah. Um, yeah. which I really, really enjoyed. And I just was excited the whole three hours of the movie. I was just so happy that I was watching it. So, yeah. I do love kind of goth boy Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, was really worried. Honestly, yeah. from the trailers, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be 
it's gonna be too he's gonna be too emo for me and it was right it was right borderline i'm not gonna lie there were points i was like but it just managed to like hold it in the unlocking moment in that movie is when it's daytime and he's wearing shades and a t-shirt in the fucking goth cathedral and you're just like this is no universe that makes any sense to this reality but it rules but goddamn it's sexy yeah so i'm obviously the only person on here that doesn't like batman so i'm not gonna talk a lot (laughs) but i will say just as a voice for those who don't like batman i made it about an hour into this movie and then i turned it off i it's just not for me and that's okay i'm a tim burton batman kind of girl and that's just that's really all i can handle with batman like i don't know why i was just like i feel like it was supposed to be for people who kind of like horror things but i was like it wasn't doing anything for me and it's really long so it's just like eh, i'm just gonna not finish this <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair again i know i'm surprised i thought i'd get pushback i'm surprised how many people on this chat liked the movie because I a lot of like people a lot of struggled. people liked it yeah i, I like think any of like the newer batman movies like none of them like honestly and they're all kind of like i don't know i like i like kind of a cartoony feel and i just to me it felt very dark and gritty i don't i didn't get what you guys are saying about it at all out of it but i'm not like i didn't watch the animated series or anything i'm not i don't have that nostalgic attachment to batman and like the batman i do have nostalgic feelings for is arguably not one of the more favorable ones so i mean i don't know it definitely is the Tim Burton's Batman is fucking up there all right yeah so i mean i don't i'm not like a I don't know a lot about Batman, so I'm not going to, like, talk about it a lot. That's all I wanted to say. Well, let's go. Three votes for returning franchise. Um, okay. Anything else from March? Okay. Um, yep. <laughs> Someone uh, else go. Who, who hasn't voted something in yet? I haven't for okay. whatever this month is, March. Um, I want to put After Yang on the best films of 2022 list. Ooh, um I just love the minimalism of it, the kind of like futuristic sci-fi utopia existentialism and all that. Um, It's about a family that has, I guess, an android um, as kind of like a nanny. Um, It has kind of everything that I love, like from the opening credits that just filled me with joy, um, Colin Farrell impersonating Werner Herzog, um there's like (laughs) um, sold yes it's amazing um and then it gets into kind of like the yin and yang existentialism of like with every end there comes a beginning um it has like one of my favorite poems by Maya Angelou there's a Lily Chow Chow cover by Mitski at the end um and there's just a really kind of beautiful message about like what gives your life meaning and how like all the little memories um, sort of form our existence. And I don't know, it's a very kind of quiet and, you know, it's Koganada, so it's very minimalistic, but um, kind of the opposite of everything everywhere all at once. Um, But yeah, I really loved it. I feel deep shame that I haven't seen that movie still. Yeah, I've seen it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I didn't like it as much as Heidi did, and we've spoken about it, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. I liked it more than Columbus. I thought it was a good progression, so I'm excited 
um, for for the next one. Um, but it didn't. It it, I, I, it left me a little bit cold. I think it started it started better for me than it ended in terms of where I was hoping I was going to get to. But but yeah, I think that's a good solid choice to be on our list. Um, all right, someone else, Carly. Did were you trying to vote something? I have a couple things. Let's get going. I'll just go with the fuck you. I love it. Um, for me was the lost city. I had so much fun with that movie and I feel like I saw a lot of heavier movies in March, especially after the Batman and after everything everywhere all at once. And I didn't particularly care for X, but when I saw the lost city, I saw it with my mom and we just had so much fun and I love Sandra Bullock with my whole heart. And I just thought it was a blasty blast and I knew it was going to be. So that's that's my thing <laughs> i also I, liked that movie i didn't vote for it but <laughs> it's a lot of fun it's so fun uh daniel radcliffe has never looked hotter I can and we've <laughs> sophia and i have had a lot of conversations about how hot daniel radcliffe is <laughs> of course um, I enjoyed The Lost City as well. Actually, I thought Lost City was, was again, it's one of those movies where it's like, it's, this is really trashy, but I yeah. had fun with it and it just came at the right time. And The um, comedy is yeah, just so I mean, there. Yeah. Yeah. With it was Channing a nice, like, weird Brad. little modern <laughs> almost romance in the stone and stuff, but it was, it was good. <gasps> yeah. I did like Channing Tatum the, in that movie. I like Channing, Channing Tatum in every movie. <laughs> the, the early, like, the scene with Brad Pitt in it at the beginning was my favorite scene. I thought that was a great, great physical comedy. Um, okay, I'm presuming that there are more votes coming for March. Yep. Yes. Okay, who's next? Um, I did have RRR as one of my favorite movies Gotta of the do year. It. Okay. I think partially because I saw it with Ariel for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> we all, yeah. Sophia and Ariel and I went to go see yeah. it. And it was, uh, yeah, my second time, Sophia's first. Yeah, it was so outrageous people who don't obviously know ariel which will be most of our listeners i presume otherwise it's weird <laughs> ariel vida twitter is growing to know her <laughs> um, she's a wonderful friend and uh, director who had a, who had uh yeah people are gonna know i mean i came out of a screening of a different film yeah people just coming out of rrr when you're coming out other films are talking about her still even if she wasn't in the screening that's literally <laughs> the kind of interactions i've had like she's her imprint on this movie is is kind of off the scale i believe um, that fanaticism is real uh viewing four of rrr for me was uh at lincoln plaza or lincoln square amc imax in new york which ariel flew out for uh yeah. so what yeah. oh yeah she flies all over why am i surprised stuff. why am i surprised never mind never mind <laughs> I mean, the woman she, has have, a has a like Grateful Dead esque relationship with uh, RRR. That is accurate. yeah. I've, I've spent my life being pretty obsessively into things and surrounded by people obsessively. I've never known anybody, anybody to the level that she is with RRR is, and I'm just envious, honestly, of the joy she can get out of something because I don't know if I feel that much joy about anything anymore. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we have a running joke with it as well because she invites me to I th- nearly every screening she goes to and I, I just refuse to go to any of them with her um because i was one of those only people in the world who she then likes to pretend that i hate it so then everyone bullies me for hating rr and we had group chats where people turn that into 
How's the guy who hates horror? I don't. I, I liked it fine. I didn't love it. I'm like one of those very few people who it didn't do much for me. Um, but partly just because... I've been trying because, so hard to go to a screening of it, but it sells out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wow. like, come on, give me one. I love that it exists and I love that it's bringing this joy to people. And I think it's it's like heart is there and, and beautiful. But it came at a time for me when I can't even tell you at the beginning, and Peter and I talked about this on some Zoom calls we're on, but at the beginning of this year, I was so... And quite crushingly, as someone like trying to be in the film industry, I was quite crushingly depressed by the magnitude of films and how big everything had become. Mm. Um, and it felt very soulless. And RR is certainly not soulless. RR completely is just full of soul. And I love that about it. It's got so much heart. But it's so big. It's all about magnitude. Yeah. Um, and I had found myself having almost an allergic reaction to magnitude in films. I just had to go the other way and go like smaller and smaller. Um, March was so a bad like month it, for you then. Yeah. Yeah. So for when I watched like RRR, it was just like, this is everything I don't want right now. Everything is screaming at me and I need everything to be quiet and small, please. Um, all right. But I presume more votes are still coming because there's at least one film here that I know people are going to want on the best films of the year. Who's, who's going to do it? I'll do okay. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once, I think. <laughs> um... I like the Daniels. I really liked their last film, and I thought that this one was going to be like a little weird too. And I was really impressed and happy with how many people kind of gravitated towards it. Um, I saw this movie again. My mom was in town, and so I was like, "There's no way! Like, she doesn't even know what she's getting into." But she really liked it too, and it just—it was very. There was a lot going on, and it was just so heartwarming. And the cast was amazing, and yeah, so good. It's uh, uh, Peter. You were going to vote it. I also voted it. Um, yeah, it's it's a movie that I've I've had a weird relationship with over the year because like I have seen it three times, and they the Daniels mean a lot to me. Um, they uh, I did see it in the limited release. Uh, I, I got to see an early screening where they were there to talk about it, and Daniel Kwan is. He's kind of he seems to be the more uh, extroverted uh, of the two of them. I feel like most directing duos are like kind of one guy that's sort of like the mechanics and mathematics of story structure and like editing and stuff, and then the other guy is more the sort of like outward facing um, of the Godhead. Um, I'm what the fuck am I referencing here? Uh, nothing. I'm anyway. Uh, <laughs> There's some stupid joke in a movie that I'm referencing with that. Um, but, uh, like, they, I, I started professionally, like, as a director doing music videos, and I still do music videos. And, like, back in, like, 2014 or whatever, seeing their videos and what they could do with music videos, along with, like, Hiro Mirai, was, like, it just changed the game for me. And, like turned down for what and their manchester orchestra music video and like uh i mean literally every single one is like a festival award-winning short film while still being a music video which a lot of music videos by like directors that want to do narrative like kind of just they just make a short film to music or whatever and they always have performance shots they always incorporate the artist in a smart way but like it's just the i mean they basically have like a direct through line to everything everywhere and i liked swiss army man a lot i thought it had 
flaws of a first movie that like I was confident that they would work out but then everything everywhere just like ironed out I guess it's like the first time I saw it I was like well they did it they ironed out every flaw they fucking like ascended they're masters of the craft like they they figured out a way to like make all of their little um uh minor flaws like kind of like work for the whole then I saw it again and I was like maybe not so much maybe there's actually like some bigger flaws that I like wasn't really uh engaging with on the first watch then I saw it a third time I was like it's still like a fucking nine though like it's I think you can maybe be if you if you have had a similar reaction to that movie I feel like it's like you can maybe get a little numb to it because it's so big and like once you kind of know what it is like you're not going to have that same sort of like whoa reaction as the first time but like it I would be lying to myself if it wasn't on the best of like you know top three so anyway great movie I like a lot of just like the little moments in it like yes there's so much in it and it's very big and I mean, I love any kind of, like, time travel. I love dysfunctional family dramas. I love bittersweet love stories. And this is all three. And there's just all those really, like, just quiet moments, like two rocks overlooking the Grand Canyon and just, like, really (laughs) random things. But, I mean, there's some just really nice, quiet, sweet moments as well. Yeah. I think that one of the things that, like, can maybe rub some people the wrong way and sometimes is, like... It, it grates a little bit for me is just like there are a lot of like directing duos all male uh, that are kind of in the modern era and like known for like just an insane level of like I think critics would say like try hardness of like the Russos are like the dark version of this where it's like every single plot point has to pay off and the script has to be this perfect clock that like you can't believe how well it works and there's like an impenetrable wall of quality that you will never penetrate like you know it's this kind of weird like just people want to make something undeniable but the thing that and the Daniels sometimes kind of feel that way but it's the fact that they have always been so upfront that they're like our thing is that we are going to work so hard, we are going to like create something so undeniable, but the idea is going to be insane. And they've been saying that since their music videos, that they're like, we want to make stuff where the idea is basically a dumb meme from the internet that we found, but we're going to make it look like a prestige drama. And we're going to, like, make the effects photorealistic or as close as we can get. And, like, just the fact that, like, one tiny little throwaway joke is the Rakakuni bit. And then, like, <laughs> if you look at it, it's like, okay, for the Rakakuni bit, they created a puppet. They plotted out this fake uh, movie that is not quite Ratatouille. They hired Randy Newman to make a song for the Rakakuni bit and to play Rakakuni. <laughs> And it's just like, it's a, a yeah, all right, so I'm going to stop talking. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Amy, Amy, did you see everything everywhere? Did you care for it? I tried so hard to watch it before recording because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be a big discussion and it just did not happen uh, for me. 
so okay. I watched okay. a lot of movies before recording because I was like I'm going to catch up on non-genre movies and everyone I picked was not good so I just did not do a very good job <laughs> of preparing for this so I was like Text oh I watched watch so it, many movies but none of them were worth talking about <laughs> Now I want to know what they all are, so I can avoid them, or at least (laughs) we can chat after. (laughs) We shall. We shall. Yeah, let me let me know when you watch it, because I'm intrigued with how you feel about it. Because I feel like, again, for me, everything everywhere is this incredibly wonderful film, Uh, and it's only testament to how great the year was that it's not even in my top ten anymore, which seems crazy to me. Um, But it's it's that film that unified everyone. You know, it's the only film I know from the year that I I don't know anyone who hated everything everywhere. Like some people liked it more than other people for sure. Um, but it, it did, it did feel like a unifying film and that, that was kind of beautiful because the fact that that is a unifying film is like, so yeah, but I think that's saying that's no, but it's it's what you're saying is, yeah. Like the important for me, the important thing, like I have problems with it on multiple viewings, but you know, it's astoundingly well put together. It's a filmmaking piece. Like it's so well put together and constructed and plotted out and all that stuff. Um, but it's, it's for me, it's just like, sure it didn't quite hit the mainstream you know it's not quite opening like a fucking marvel movie or anything but it's a commercial film that reached far more people than than a a movie like that normally would because of all the things you're saying peter of how they present this information but at the end of it it's like yeah because i watched it going into i saw it a little bit late and people have been raving about it so much and for the first two acts i was like oh i like this this is fun it's not my I didn't expect it all to take place in an IRS building like this isn't my favorite like it's not appealing to me as much as it is to other people I didn't get why it was affecting people and then for me it's all that third act all of it is the third act um and that's when I was like okay I love this movie and the stuff they're dealing with um and the mental health issues that they're trying to get into in ways that I couldn't believe it and there's certain things I don't want to spoil for people I haven't seen it but like the certain stuff you're like oh that's what they're going to be talking about now like that's just that's crazy um, and for me, I don't even care if I hated the movie. It's just such an important movie to have a film presented in a way that anyone can kind of watch it and just enjoy it. But it's talking about meaningful things that normally we would be locked behind the walls of like, this is an art house film. And if you go see it, you know, you're dealing with heavy themes. Instead, it was like, no, let's have fucking fun. Totally. But we're dealing with so many complicated like mental health issues. I, I love it. Um, okay. So that's on our list for best film of 2022 is there anything else before we leave march behind lola's looking in pain what's wrong what do you Fuck. need what do you uh, need i'm trying to decide if i want to vote for something that's really stupid but fun do it oh god Look, this hurts someone had to love the adam yeah. project so it's-, it's not even it and that's why i'm <laughs> conflicted Fuck. oh i know you gotta I'm decide go. there's uh, no there's other we got stuff many I like more months more. to it's go fine. Fuck it Okay, can you let us know what it was now that you've Yeah, no, I'm curious. Ugh, I feel like such a dick. Come Fresh. on. I almost did it too. Don't it feel was bad. so much Fresh. fun. I was close like, to it. I, I, it, okay. just, it was well-crafted, well-stuck together, and, oh, and this is my talk about it. I'm not voting, but I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Fresh, because it was... Uh, I, I liked the acting. It was kind of gross and fucked up and weird and i'm i'm a big fan of gross and fucked up and weird um yeah thank you uh and i like it was fun and i loved the ending the ending is the best yeah it's so so good all the interactions between the characters at the end yeah uh in the field uh, or in the woods or whatever was just so good i laughed so (laughs) fucking hard i laughed so i laughed throughout the whole thing like i'm a i'm a sucker for fucked up dark humor it's one of those delivered sorry 
completely it's one no, of those movies ahead. where i feel like if i watched it again before recording this podcast it might have actually made my top yeah. three because i don't really remember so things, how much i liked it but i do remember really liking it yeah but there were so many fucked up movies that were much more visually arresting this year so True. that's where my this love one goes. had sebastian stan dancing to an emotion <sighs> yes and it was so good yes it's exactly. beautiful <laughs> Okay. Thank you, guys. I okay. appreciate it. Glad you got that. Uh, okay. We had the category okay. for you to put that one into. So, uh, all right. Then we're going to move into April, where we had everyone's favorite movie of the year. Morbius came out. Um, <laughs> my, one of my favorite memories of 2022 was being at Fantastic Fest with some with some of the lovely people on this call, and there were so many you know incredible new movies that we could go and see uh, and smile. And um, <laughs> we then, and, and so many of my friends were choosing, like, you know, let's just hang out. We haven't got to see each other in so long. You know, like, why we don't need to exhaust ourselves going to all these movies. And I thought that that makes perfect sense. And so they would miss incredible movies that were showing. And then I would go around to the Airbnb where they're all hanging out and they're all fucking watching Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, of, <laughs> and then I seem to bleed across to other people who then started watching Morbius. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, is this your talk about yeah, it? Yeah. Why are you talking about it? Are you voting for? No, it, I'm sharing Al? a memory. Is this I'm your not talking. Not, I'm not, not talking about the film. Well, I've never seen it. Bullshit. I have no clue. It was just like a beautiful memory. <laughs> uh, Sonic Two. I saw Morbius twice. I. Oh my god. I, I hate you it. Love pain. I mean, it's. <laughs> I saw it once in theaters because a friend was like, oh, let's go see it because it's going to be bad. And then I like watched it. I was like, it's not fun bad. It's just like yeah. we're really just like reaching like it's it's nothing. There is there is nothing there. It was the a movie that unbelievably made me say, I wish Jared Leto was taking a swing here. Okay. Like I hate his big swings. I think they're always the wrong ones. But like I ser- I honestly think Morbius was so fucking bland that it actually got people to start thinking fondly of his performance in um in uh, the fucking uh, House of Gucci. Oh, Suicide. Oh. Oh, oh God. I honestly think that it was such uh. a bad movie that it made people look at a better movie with his terrible performance and go, I mean, he was doing something there. Um, and then the second time <laughs> okay. was at Fantastic Fest, which was a very fun viewing experience. I was it. Okay, I hey, wait, wait, wait. watched the first fifteen minutes and I can't. I haven't watched okay. it. Turn it off. <laughs> uh, we was at Sonic Two. We had Ambulance. Uh, we had Beast. We have Fantastic Beats: The Secrets of Dumbledore, which I also can't believe it came out this Fantastic year. Fantastic Beats. A long time ago. Beasts. <laughs> oh, Beats. That should be like uh, the remix, the musical version of Fantastic. It's the, that's the Broadway <laughs> version yeah. that comes out in a few years. The Secrets of Mumblecore. Yeah. Uh, we had <laughs> Duel. Oh, uh, we had We're All Going to the World's Fair, Paris 13th District, The Bad Guys uh, animated film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage. We had The Northman. Uh, we had uh, the Iranian film, Hit the Road, uh, Petit Maman, uh, which was sort of a mini film. It's only just over now, but it counts, I guess. And Hatching. Uh, is there anything from April that people want to vote? I have one, but let's see who wants to go first. Nope. All right, fuck April. Um, <laughs> well, no, I'm doing I'm doing one, <laughs> and, and this is there's too is many other good films. Category. I would have put some of these in, but yeah. Uh, so there were 
there were about two weeks uh, in April when I was by myself in LA. Uh, and I was going through some personal stuff and I was feeling pretty depressed and I was in a bad routine. I wasn't seeing anybody, wasn't doing anything. So I was just like in my own head for two weeks, unable to work and just rotating through some bad cycles. And I started like, you know, when you just like, like the airplane movies, like, fuck it, I'm just going to put on this trash movie and just like do that. Um, and then I progressed for some reason it very quickly became my like comfort movie and I regressed to when I was like 17 and would watch the same movie every night for a week and I watched this movie maybe eight times over 13 days <laughs> uh, and it is Sonic 2 <laughs> which is a really bad film uh, but for some reason no, that was so the only funny. way I could I sleep you could say night. ambulance but it's not bad if you <laughs> felt that way about it yeah it's fun no it's just and objectively funny. bad, but subjectively, <laughs> I really <laughs> enjoyed it. So where are you nominating um, it then? Fuck you, That's I in love your, it? my fuck you, I love it. That's right. one of my fuck you, I love it. I was waiting for him to say he watched Hatching several times. <laughs> 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 I got oh, halfway shit. through that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're moving into May, uh, where Doctor Strange and the Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness came out. Uh, oh, there was a whimper. <laughs> oh, I hated that movie so much. <laughs> there are are a few people on this call who potentially hated that move uh happening came out uh anais i don't know how you pronounce this either so anais in love and anais 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 in love uh firestarter which i forgot about that one as well uh the blumhouse stephen king movie uh the innocence came out the anime movie bubble which went straight to netflix from the director of attack on titan Uh, our father came out downton abbey a new era came out Uh, men Yes. I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> Men was released senior year. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It was a week where everybody was just talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, Dinner in America came out. And of course, is it still the biggest? Was it Avatar? Well, I guess the Avatar didn't beat it in 2022, did it? The biggest film of 2022 was still Maverick, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Maverick, the film that I think no one could have estimated quite how big <laughs> the film was going to get to. I don't know. No, like beforehand, everyone was like, obviously it's going to be huge, but it had been delayed four times. Oh, that's And everyone true. was like, this might be a mess. And yeah. if it's big, it's going to be big just because it's Tom Cruise and people are curious. The level that's got to is just like, now it seems obvious true. because it's Maverick, but whew, that, that movie was, has been all right. Uh, so who wants to vote for anything in May? <laughs> yes. Oh, um, Sophia, for please. fuck you, I love it. I had Downton Abbey. Um, I really Downton enjoyed Abbey. this one too. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it kind of feels like a made for TV movie. Yes. And I guess it kind of is. Um, it kind of is. It's like kind of objectively worse than the show itself. But I saw it with my grandma, and I also watched Downton Abbey religiously with my grandma. And I like talking about past periods of time and. I love Maggie Smith, so I really Same. enjoyed it. I feel like I, I remember I the the SNL sketch the week there the <laughs> the week that came out was like it wasn't even like making fun of the movie. It was just a fake trailer for it that basically like 
kind of did some like light Downton Abbey parodying, but then all of the critics' quotes that it said was just kind of like, if you love Downton Abbey, then it's, I mean, here, just have this. <laughs> yeah. And like, the quotes if were you've amazing never seen sketch. Downton Abbey, you know what to do, probably don't see it, but it's fine. Like, <laughs> some writer at SNL just 100% was like, knew what this movie's assignment was oh, yeah. and was like basically congratulating them on doing it <laughs> that's great uh, carly was that getting one of it? your votes oh. as well sorry amy sorry. no i was just saying i i, I enjoyed it okay. and i think okay. the one before it wasn't that great but i this one i feel like it ended on a more positive note <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I was just going to say I didn't see it because the last one that came out in theaters, I disliked it a lot, even though I love Downton. Um, so I didn't bother seeing this one yet, but maybe I will now. Sounds like you should check it out. Apparently. Uh, anything else from May? Um, I have, I, okay, my best genre film is Split. That was a few years ago. Breaking the rules yeah. once again. <laughs> I'm very confused. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't make a choice for best genre film. There was a lot of good genre films, but one of them for sure is The Innocents. Um, the okay. Innocents fucked me up so bad. Yes. Uh, and Barbarian, like you know, oh, it's just like mine. it's so good. We can talk about. It. I'll, I'll <laughs> contribute to someone else's conversation. Barbarian fucking ruled. But The Innocents. The Innocence, I feel like there's less um, out there that is, like, drawing people to. So if, like, anyone uh, is, their curiosity is piqued, it's just, like, it's such a fucking masterful film. And it's by the screenwriter of uh, uh, The Worst Person in the World, who is a horror director. So I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so, like... I saw Worst Person in the World, and then IFC Center was doing, like, a screening of that, but then they were also doing a screening of Scanners that was hosted by the director, and then immediately afterward it was like, end his new movie, The Innocents. And so I just went with my partner to go see both of those because I was like, you know, Cronenberg, obviously... Uh, a classic we should see but then also that was it was like my my you know getting someone to go with you to a movie i was like you know how you loved uh worst person in the world well it's the screenwriter and then we <laughs> saw this and it's like basically <laughs> the most fucked up take on a stephen king type story that you could imagine and and yet still kind of does what people like about stephen king stories which is like it's kind of a children's adventure, but also it's like not, I feel like people in, in modern film adaptations of Stephen King books, I feel like people are confusing Amblin with Stephen King a lot. And I don't really know why. Um, I feel like, like Stranger Things maybe like is responsible for this, but because they did consciously be like, we love Stephen King and Amblin and like all of this stuff. But now when I see shit like fucking It, which to be fair, I have not seen the full movie, but like it seems like the vibe that I'm getting from a lot of this is like, we love like kids in the 80s, like latchkey kids riding bikes around. Kids on bikes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of just Amblin stuff. That's like Steven Spielberg. That's not necessarily like, you know, 
Stephen King's like iconography. I think this one you can also call it kind of like a baby X Men, like it's very X Men adjacent. Totally. It had Hancock vibes for the superhero. <laughs> no, I know, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Like the way the character interaction was with the actual abilities they had, like being what they were. I'm not going to get into details, but it reminded me oddly of that, uh, and uh, uh, mixed with it or something like like it just you're completely right i agree with you completely the director was there to talk about it and i mean his pitch for his own movie obviously is the best one which is like he he was like i was struck at one point about how like children up until a certain age and they are like socialized into society to any degree are essentially sociopaths because they don't understand like morality is learned and you don't even like kids have to understand that like when you like you know prick someone they feel pain and that's bad to do on purpose to somebody but what if those kids had telekinetic abilities (laughs) I was gonna say I'm really I was really excited about this conversation because we do a segment on our show called Trailer Trash Talk where we talk about a trailer. This is one of the trailers that we talked about, but I never really saw it anywhere screening, so I totally missed it. Um, but now I'm a little wary about the cat thing, so I'll watch it first and timestamp it for you. Thank you. No, yeah, no probably for the best. Okay, uh, so that is locked in. Uh, is there anything else in May that people want to? Oh yes. What, what do you as want? long as I'm saying the right month, uh, I feel like I'm 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 missing things, uh, stuff. In my no, list no, no, no. Weird. We but have like a, that. That was a quick change just before we came in that we realized. Got that it. Put that okay, in the wrong month. that was my bad. Um, men. Men. Yep, I have to put on men. I'm sorry. Which category? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be one of my best of 2022. Even though Whoa. you're all gonna laugh at me, and that's fine. I'm sorry. I just I. I've actually seen it more than once this year because I wanted to take more drugs and watch it. Um, I'm sorry. It's the truth. I, uh, yeah, uh, I, I uh, didn't have heroin handy, uh, but that probably would have been weirdly appropriate for this. Uh, this movie is so fucked up um, and so grotesque at the end. And uh, I loved every second of that. And I appreciated uh, the themes of grief and loss and frustration uh, quite a bit. I, I, I like catharsis in movies. And God, this uh, just, I kept thinking about it. I didn't, I don't know if it was really one of my favorites of 2022, but uh, I, I thought about it a lot and it made me want to rewatch it. So for that reason, I, I felt like I had to say something. I don't know why but yeah. i also like the look of his movies and this i'm a big soundtrack person and the soundtrack in that film i i loved it and it got into my head and it was very moody and huh i, I enjoyed that the yeah no, i'm glad great. you brought it up it was it was a lot of people really really loved that movie though that, that was one that again I, I think it kind of faded a little bit through the year and people got about it so i'm yeah. glad you brought it up like for me personally i went i saw it with my partner and and i went in you know with a big love for for the director so I think I went in a little bit expecting too much in a weird way. 
or a particular mm-hmm. you know side of things and then we came out and we like taught and i was like okay i haven't made up my mind yet you know when you leave which i think is kind of the right way to feel about that film initially as you kind of process it <laughs> um and then we talked and talked and talked about it and really sort of analyzed what everything meant because it's definitely a film with a lot of symbolism and all this stuff um and and then i kind of got by the drive back home i was like oh i think i really liked that movie quite a lot i didn't love it but i think i really liked that movie yeah and then went on a deep dive in with interviews with the, him talking about it and it destroyed everything i'd liked about <laughs> as soon as oh, i started so reading I his own thoughts okay. about it i was like oh all the things that made me like this movie you're pushing against and that like oh, kind of made the film fall apart for me. Oh, God, i was no. so distracted oh. just by the cgi and like the one actor playing all the different characters and i understand why i didn't like that they did that all. but it took me out of it i think God, especially I, the little that's many reasons oh that was that was fucked up and weird and i did not like that at all um but i liked her uh god now i'm regretting my choice al can i don't regret I, I, it no keep don't regret it, it and don't worry for Look, me i did not hear a lot of people talking well about that movie and i kind of avoided it for that reason because i have a wavery relationship with his movies and now i want to watch it because that's the first time it's i've good. heard someone say like this movie is great Peter, I think you. I think you should definitely watch it. Not because you'll same. necessarily like it, but I think you'll find it interesting. Yeah, I had sure. the sort of same experience where it's just like I didn't know if I liked it or not at the end. Like it's it's just one of those. It's a it's a mess, and it, maybe it's more of a beautiful mess than a horrible mess. Like it's yeah. Yes. It's, I, I saw know. it as a beautiful mess personally. I, I still want to see mess. it. I didn't see it in theaters because Carly hated it so much. Really she's not going to say anything because she's polite. But I'm surprised <laughs> she's fair. not vetoing Don't it. Don't be polite. That's how I would much love she hates to hear it. it. You have a veto I would never card, veto Carly. it because you should. Fuck's sake. You hate this it. is the wrong group of people for the veto no. cards. It really not, is. That's. I don't feel like any, I don't know. I don't, this. I desperately want to know what you think though. You have to tell me now. I feel like anything that I say is a total spoiler. So I don't want to say too much, but I was so excited to see this movie. And I was just sitting there the whole time, like, what the fuck? And I, not in a good way either. I was just, and I usually like really (gasps) grotesque. Sorry, my dog has a cough. Um, And I usually like really grotesque (laughs) movies as well. Um, But it just really missed the mark for me and I was like what is happening here <laughs> totally fair yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you I didn't watch the entire movie maybe I should finish it but I was not it gets weirder yeah you didn't like it early okay you're in for a fucking trip at the end oh yeah for sure it's an experience for sure which I think is yes it is an experience I want Amy to watch it so bad there's another I'm sure movie we'll on- eventually cover it on our show. <laughs> yeah. There's another movie on this list that made me feel kind of similar that I will be voting for as well. Uh, and I'm still not sure if I liked it, but I'm still voting for it. <laughs> okay. It. Well, on, well, let's <laughs> progress forward. Does anyone else have anything else in May? Or are we allowed to move? Okay, I'm just going to quickly jump in. Uh, uh, I have a backup vote because I don't know if my actual vote is going to be allowed. We'll see when we get to it. Uh, my backup vote for best animated film is Bubble. Um, it's it's just really beautifully animated it's a cool story uh, um, and it's yeah it's from the director of death note and attack on titan and mm. it's ah, phenomenal I shooting action. i thought that was the bubble like the anyway sorry no um <laughs> it's on netflix i think i think that's what it's on uh, yeah it was commissioned by netflix by him it's kind of like a super mm. team of anime people making it um and it's worth a look it's not I, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie it's not incredible but it's beautifully animated um okay june we had Watcher, uh, we had Dashcam, The Phantom of the Open, uh, the French film Eiffel, Crimes of the Future. 
Eraser Reborn, which is, you know, the franchise return that I feel is going to get lots of votes. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Lightyear, which it feels very weird to me. A Toy Story movie came out and no one yeah. talks about it anymore. Uh, <laughs> Brian and Charles, good luck to you, Leo Grande. Uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Another film I forgot came out this year. Uh, Elvis, uh, is it Flux Gourmet? Is that it? Is yes. it just Flux Gourmet? And Flux The Black Phone. Uh, any votes in this month? Yes. I'm going to vote for Watcher. On. Yes! I love Sorry. Watcher. I've seen I'm it good. twice. I want to see it more times. Is you voting good. for best genre? Are you voting for, where are you, where are you putting it? Uh, I'm voting for it for best film of best 2022. Film. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Because it's wow. one of the only ones where I was like, I I don't know. I just, I don't know what I was expecting. Like Carly and I saw it together in the theater. Um, we covered it on our show. Um, and just, it's, it's great. It's got like lost in translation vibes. It's got creepy mystery. It's got... Um, rear window it's got like a whole bunch of cool stuff going on and it's still its own thing and I liked it if it took place and I don't know just the setting is really great it was originally supposed to take place in Brooklyn and I'm really glad it didn't oh yeah. uh, oh no it's it just, wouldn't have worked <laughs> no it wouldn't have worked um, and I just I really I really like it it's simple and uh, yeah I really liked it oh I'm so happy you did that <laughs> So I like you have took so much weight off of my shoulders. It was it was so good. It was so good. I watched it in a fucking uh, truck stop parking lot in my RV on Shutter. Yeah, Amazing. while I was driving uh, from California in September uh, back to Texas and talk about like an amazing place to be watching that. And I think Speak No Evil uh, back to back. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, it was an intense. I, I yeah, I go hard. So uh, <laughs> it was an intense night by myself, uh, taking a break from driving for a good four hours, and I'm uh, so glad you put that in there. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Any other votes? I also have a vote for Black Phone. Do it. But I. Uh, am Why I going to do it? it? I'm not going to do it. Gonna... I'm not going to oh, do it. Oh, she's wow. not going to do it. That was just a tease. I almost okay. did it. <laughs> it was where, where were you thinking of putting it? it? It was it was top of top of the year for me. In the top but of the year, not, it was like top five, and so I just I don't think I'm going to throw my vote there, but okay. I'm close to doing it. Uh, I have a real I've well I have two. So the first one I wanted to do. Um, fuck you, I love it, especially because Josh couldn't join us today for uh, Crimes of the Future. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping someone else could talk about it because I'm not allowed to talk about more things and that's not a category for me. I, just, I mean, rocks. I'm definitely biased. You know, obviously living in Toronto, being Canadian. I loved Cronenberg even before I moved here. Um, I love that he went back to like the sort of existence body horror. It was an old script, but it was different enough for me that it wasn't just sort of repeating stuff that he's done before. Um I like that it's sort of part noirish mystery of this like weird human metamorphosis of like people are growing new organs and they can eat plastic and they don't feel pain like there's a lot of stuff going on there um it's also this sort of like dystopian character study with Viggo Mortensen and he's like struggling with like 
inner turmoil and like literally giving his insides to his art like with like surgery as performance art um whatever kirsten stewart was doing i loved it Uh, she just went for it excellent is what she was doing um so yeah fuck you i love it I think that Kristen Stewart is so amazing in that movie because she is weaponizing every single acting tick that she's ever been accused of in a way that is fully conscious and using it for humor. And she's like a fucking like insane Coen Brothers character in that movie. Yep. Surgery is sex, yes? Surgery is the new sex. Well, you put that in the fuck you, I love it. By the way, we don't have any it double did. votes for anything right now. Everything in the fuck you, I love it is single votes. It might be hard to get a clear winner there because we don't have any two people voting for the same thing. Um, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, otherwise, I would have used a veto because I did not like that movie. <laughs> fuck um, you, Al. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not like Crimes of Future. I went with a bunch of people and we are all... Uh, fans of his of his work and and I'd actually just finished doing not all of his films but watching most of his films before going to see it because I was pretty hyped um, and for me it, was, it did nothing that I haven't seen him do better decades ago and I didn't feel it was the best way to tell the story he was trying to tell I thought there were really interesting themes there and I just felt he kept getting distracted by what he wants to masturbate to basically I did not <laughs> yeah, find I it mean, I would agree <laughs> I wish it had gone more noirish and like mystery and like it's definitely not perfect by any means but I still enjoyed it I just felt like we, we came out of it and we're just like, yeah, that's the, uh, I don't know. Again, everyone in this is disagreeing, so I'm in a minority. But like, we all, we all came out and we're just like, that's the film you shoot and keep to yourself so you can just like, you know, <laughs> take your trousers down and enjoy it when you want to. So <laughs> we don't need to see that. That's that fine. phrase, <laughs> I felt like he kept getting distracted by what he wanted to masturbate to. I feel like I'm going to repeat that often. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I haven't seen this movie, but um, just be- for that reason, just because New Cronenberg just typically doesn't do it for me and i tend to just stick to the old stuff but um i'm sure i'll check it out eventually but i just okay. just that phrase that's the phrase you just used i feel like that describes so many directors that i think i'm just going to be repeating it's a it. good t-shirt Rebuttal. Yes. what if the rest of us want to masturbate to it as well <laughs> not does that not make Could him be. correct there's an audience for everything. Hey, so. Peter, one thing we know, if there's one thing we know, Peter, is everything is validated by masturbating. So, you know, <laughs> like however you need to make something worthwhile there's is There's no fine. holes in that logic. <laughs> Carly, what was your dad's one, one word review of that one? Oh, it was just, gr- he sent me a text and he was cr- like, crimes of the future. Gross. That and men are a great double bill. Oh, God. Okay, now I have to see it, don't I? Except that Um, it seems like Men would not be a very sex-positive movie, and I would think that Crimes of the Future, I consider it a very sex-positive movie. Hey, Peter, different people like to masturbate to different things, so don't don't put walls around us, okay? No kink-shaming. Um... (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one more thing and move on. I'll be honest, there weren't many things I kind of counted on the one "fuck you, I love it," but everyone seemed to want two, so we have two "fuck you, I loves it." I, have I don't really have a second month. one. Just okay, so cool. Uh, I'll do mine quickly and then move to yours because I don't want to talk about it. Don't want this to be a discussion. I'm just gonna say it and then we can move on. Uh, my "fuck you, I love it." Uh, the second one is for Jurassic World Dominion dinosaurs. Peter, continue. <laughs> no one has Both anything to say on that one. No one needs to. <sighs> I didn't okay. see it. <laughs> Most of us didn't see I it. I enjoyed it. It's, it's I, a really bad movie. I, I don't can. care. Dinosaurs. It is bad. Yeah. 
I um, also love dinosaurs. <laughs> true. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, okay. I have a fuck you. I love it for this month. Um, again, I had two. The other one's Avatar. The only reason that that one's a fuck you, I love it, and not like a best movie is just because like I feel like there are a lot of like film twittery people that are like maybe against it as a as a great movie. Anyway, it's a great movie. Um, but Elvis, fuck you. I, I love it. Wow. I want a veto. I love I'm it. I is it happening? Hate that movie. Are we getting our first veto? <laughs> yes. Wait. Peter, make your case first, please. No, 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 wait. Okay. All, we will explain the rules again now because it's been so long. Okay, but Tom Hanks. I don't understand why Tom Hanks <laughs> like a is considered That's what bad just <laughs> in this movie. I, I don't think... understand why Tom Hanks is considered bad in this movie. Because the <laughs> movie, on the whole, is as big as Tom Hanks is in that role. <laughs> the accent makes no sense. I would argue that that character should have an accent that makes no sense because he is doing like a muddled accent from whatever unknown country that he's from. <laughs> and he's saying he's from like Kentucky or whatever, which is obviously <laughs> ridiculous. He's like Tommy Wiseau. Like, <laughs> it worked for me. I don't I think... Apparently, I have a problem with like suspension of disbelief with bad CGI and makeup, and I just like why is Tom Hanks in that role? I don't just yeah, I don't know. I think it was a lot of fun to cast someone that I thought it was a big deal for Tom Hanks to take that role, kind of because he is known in this current era for like just locking fully into look, people trust me when I'm on screen. I'm a guy that plays like you know trustworthy yeah like fatherly men grandfatherly men now that like you know you're gonna just be like just do a good job sully like you know and like (laughs) (laughs) like he's very good at that and i feel like taking this role is a step into like a direction for him that is like unafraid of using his trustworthiness for evil and i guess like now you know man called Otto came out and he's playing like a bitter man in that and that's kind of another step in that direction and just like uh i think it's cool that he played that character and i think it's cool that he did it that way we're not so. talking about the movie anymore. Like you're just talking about. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do you like wait, 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 wait. Amy, Amy. Amy. <laughs> he's made his case. Sorry. Well, are you, actually, are you, I have, are you I haven't even started to make no, my case you, for you, Elvis. You chose <laughs> to, about Tom Hanks and his career. Amy, do you still want to veto this one? Okay, so I told myself I I don't really know what to veto in general, but I, I kind of promised myself that if anyone voted for Elvis, I would immediately veto it because it was the only film I watched this year that made me seethingly angry while I was watching it. Um, but if it belongs, I mean, fuck you, I love it is a category kind of meant for this. So like, I can't really... Don't give him a way out. We're so well, close to I using mean, a veto card. I'm so excited. Like, if it goes anywhere, like that's kind of like you can't really argue that you know what i mean like how can you you watch the scene where he puts together the band at the casino and say i'm angry 
listen, the movie is shit. If you loved it, that's cool. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, you're allowed to like it. I just really fucking hated it more than most movies that I've seen, period. Okay. Let alone this year. So, Peter, this is the way it goes. If you're putting in the best film and she's vetoing it, you have to decide do you care about it enough to use your only signature select card? My only? But how do I know if someone else is going to do another veto? You don't. You don't. That's the beauty of the system. Chaos. Wait, are you using it for fuck you, I love it, or are you using it for best film? Fuck you, I love film. it. Okay. Oh, oh you're using for it for fuck, fuck you, I love it? Fuck you, okay. I love yeah. it. I'm Don't okay you already have one in fuck you, I love it? You get no. two. Yeah, no, you get two, which was a real mystic. You um, have like four, let's be fair. <laughs> I'm not, okay, I won't beat it, veto it, but I just okay, want everyone know to know I, I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I would have used the signature. No, it's, it's, it's in there. I know what's coming later, so I'm going to hold my veto. You would have used? Oh, God damn it. Someone please veto something coming up, okay. All right. Oh, um, what else from June? Anything else? It's like an 88% um, on my internal Rotten Tomatoes. I do have something else for this month as well. June. For June. Where are we? June. Yep. I did want to do just most underrated film for Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Just because mm. I feel like it sort of got buried after it came out. Because obviously this halfway point and suddenly a whole bunch of other things were released. Like, it is sort of an indie darling that came out of Sundance. Um, and the director, Cooper Rafe, I think, um, he did an earlier film called Shit House, which I, he has a problem with titles. Let's just, like, admit that. Um, but, uh, I mean, just real quick, like, it's just a really sweet like it's a romantic comedy but it's not really a love story it's just someone coming out of university and just feeling directionless and he meets this woman so he's in his 20s she's in her 30s um dakota johnson obviously you're gonna have some sort of you know connection and be drawn to her um so and i think she was sort of drawn to him from his like for his youth and freedom and they're just at these two different spots in life but it's kind of right place right time and they just have a really beautiful sort of connection and there's dialogue about like we all have multiple soulmates and encounter people at various times in our life and it's just kind of a fun relationship that they have um and yeah so indie film that i really enjoyed wonderful luck to then Thank you very I'm much. I'm a little we bit have... upset that I didn't talk about how much I hated Elvis that much. <laughs> I didn't even get to stretch I mean, the surface I think you, I think you made I your emotions. Elvis, no, I, so. both but I you. didn't get to say why. <laughs> yeah, I would okay. like to hear why so I could tell you you're wrong, but go on. <laughs> can we, I mean, if we're going on this road, can we at what? least just have the fun of the vetoes? Do yeah. it, Amy. Do it. Veto I support it. you. But I, I just am hesitant to veto that category because I feel like that category is already saying I know it's bad. Your veto is like fuck you're already it's not, it. though. Like I think I no, say I think oh, that's fair. It okay. is. I put Sonic Two and Jurassic World Dominion in it. So. It's true. He did. I feel like fuck you. I love it. Is like I know it. I acknowledge it's yeah, bad. Yeah. All right. Like Save your veto. Why do you hate Elvis? Because it's it it's like taking a very interesting story that's been done over and over again and making it less interesting and then and then why is doja cat like why isn't all the music elvis like it's just why is what doja time cat? are we in <laughs> like it's not it's not artsy like it's just like it's not going to work in 10 years like watch that movie in 10 years and be like what 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 is happening with this music like it's not going to make sense because the music they're using doesn't stand the test of time and so you're using 
you're using Elvis, which obviously has stood the test of time, and then throwing in these like pop musicians that no one's going to remember in 10 years. So I don't know. That part really didn't make sense to me. Um, the whole like dutiful wife like thing we know that that situation wasn't great uh and and i feel like it was really glossed over how abusive and kind of shitty he was yeah (laughs) and then big time and so if we're gonna focus on tom hanks and his relationship with elvis i didn't even feel like we focused on it like i don't even know what the focus was what story are we telling because i don't feel like i even got a cohesive story or anything of the sort it was just like a mishmash let's gloss over the most interesting parts of this story and throw in tom hanks and this relationship but not really talk about it and just show little bits of it and then i don't know it just the focus was weird i didn't really get it and it's gonna no one's gonna remember it in 10 years guaranteed he, he over glamorizes everything everything that's Excellent literally place. baz lerman's mm-hmm. defining feature Bar- is that he over glamorizes everything yeah okay can i use my signature select as a as a response <laughs> Why you don't? No, I you're good. No she's not vetoing, vetoing so yeah. you're fine. So you're fine. She Let's is vetoing. No, she I'm said not. she didn't want to. If it's in fuck you, I love it. I it just doesn't wanted matter. to talk about. If why you wanted it in best it. film, then she was gonna veto it. Um, okay, we're gonna move into July. So that just we're means leaving. I can't respond to it. It's in. It's in the fuck you, I love it. You already said you, you can't. Loved it. This is You said you love it. She said why she didn't love it. There's no argument. I just think it's interesting. Um, the the ten years argument is interesting because there is a exact one to one example of this of Baz Luhrmann's that I think I just I I think is an interesting thing to point to, which is The Great Gatsby. And my feeling about Elvis is that he's taking a bunch of uses of CGI and music and stuff that he tried in the great gatsby which i think are partially successful but the great gatsby is like not a movie to me it's a visual album like lemonade like it's just like a series of interesting set pieces and scenes and like hyper reality and you know all kinds of shit and like there's stuff that doesn't work for me in that one i feel like he ironed it out and made it work in a vaguely narrative sense in elvis and that's enough for me i also think there's only one usage of a modern artist to do the old song that doesn't work for me and that is the doja cat one because they like fully remixed an elvis song and didn't just do a cover of it everyone else is a cover of an elvis song and it's fine in my opinion um but so you you like it because it's like an extended music video basically yeah but, but it's it also like clicks three hours me. long like who wants to watch a three hour long music video twice yikes okay Fair. okay all that matters but is that one of you is right and one of you is wrong Let's i think once a week Go. once a week in response to something, I quote Austin Butler as Elvis saying, <laughs> It has everything to do with us. <laughs> God damn you, Peter. I love it. I will say Austin July's- Butler was amazing in that movie. He's great. Okay, I'm, I'm done. shutting it down. I'm July done. started with Minions: The Rise of Gru, which is the I, mean, the I think it's the fifth highest-grossing movie worldwide of 2022. Uh, wow. Thor: Love and Thunder came out. 
uh, Moon, comma, 66 came out. The Sea Beast uh, animated movie uh, came out. Uh, Marina came out. Where the Crawdads Sing came out. Um, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. She will. Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On. Father of the Bride returned. Uh, the Gray Man, which also I forgot that fucking movie came out as well. I don't say fucking in a bad way. I didn't even see it, but like I just completely forgot about it. Uh, DC, League of Super Pets came out and established the new DCEU. Uh, Vengeance came out. The Reef got a sequel, which was kind of a surprise, with the Reef stalked from the same director. And of course, nope. Potentially some votes going on here. I've got uh, three votes in this month so i'm gonna start us off if that's okay see everyone twitching so this is that time where it's like oh i shouldn't vote for something else there's something that someone else might vote for i don't want to do so i'm gonna go for something that no one else will vote for um my first one is one that yeah is in, for me the my, my most underrated film of the year was for a long time my uh, second favorite film of the year it dropped a little bit uh is marina um, it's appreciated critically, but publicly just no one seemed to notice it existed at all. Um, it is a wonderfully uh, small uh, Croatian film, really just about a, a girl who's, Heidi, how is she, like 16, 17, I think? Yeah. Um, and she, it's really, sorry. I was just confirming, yes, I believe she is about that age. Thank you. Confirmation. Um, and it's really about her relationship with her father, but in the context of where they live in this little, little uh, well, it's a very beautiful house by the ocean uh, in Croatia uh, when someone from her parents' past comes to visit. And you're seeing it all from her kind of perspective. For me, it captured things that I had forgotten from my youth, which is kind of like a wonderful thing. Not as someone who grew up by the ocean or in Croatia, but just these little moments around your parents, your gradual understanding of relationships with your parents and their past, how you interpret that as a teenager, um, and then how you fit into that sort of complicated version of yourself as you're starting to realize, oh, I'm starting to make these decisions. And the stories they're talking about from their youth are the stories I'm about to be making. Um, I think it's absolutely gorgeous movie. It is down as like produced by Martin Scorsese. I believe he just kind of found it and has sort of taken it out into the world i don't think he actually invested in it um but i highly recommend it um yeah i've had some nice back and forth with with the director about it because she's just like i think she's incredibly talented and um very excited for whatever she does next yeah i really liked it as well mm -hmm. I, like i mean i love any kind of like european summer by the seaside like call me by your name before midnight like that kind of thing like family um and I feel like it does a lot without dialogue. Like you pick up on things just with the interactions between these people. Um, and I like how it's just sort of like the ending is kind of magical. I like the direction that it takes there. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. Um, okay. Anybody else? Go I've got two more, but like someone else, if they have any more votes for July. I'm, f I'm fighting. What are you fighting with yourself or with yes, someone else? Yes, with myself. Okay, that's the best fight to have. Internal. Does anyone? Can someone else go first? <laughs> okay, Lola, do you have one? You gotta, you gonna no, jump uh, off a cliff with? No, uh, maybe no. <laughs> do you want me to do the next one then yeah. and see if it's maybe it? Yeah. Because it's not gonna be. I know. Um, I know. It's this not. is why I have my back of a bubble. My actual nomination card. I don't know if people are allowed or not. My my favorite animated movie of the year was for a long time my second favorite movie of the year, and now it's maybe my third. Uh, it's Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, oh, that one I'm voting for. I have a little. Oh my god, Marcel. I love it. Have you ever 
eaten Heidi a raspberry? Heidi is holding up a small so Marcel the shell. Uh, my one's got lost in the mail, and I'm very upset about it. I love um, him. I wanted there to see a few this films so bad, and I didn't. I missed me. it. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll throw in my best animated for this, too. Yeah, it absolutely, like, I've seen it now four times, and it's, I think it's, um, <laughs> for me, it does pretty much almost everything that Everything Everywhere All at Once does. Um, it does everything pretty much that Sundown that I've already spoken about does, just in a very different way and in a way that's accessible for people of all ages to watch. This is genuinely a movie you can watch as a child, and there might be some scenes that affect you, um, but it's still appropriate, um, but you can watch it in all ages as an adult as well i think it's gorgeously put together i think it finds the room i just rewatched it a few days ago and it finds the room to breathe which is something that films don't do anymore um and i miss it so much they'll just be like yeah but even like fucking life i mean we're, again we're talking about this year of maximization of stuff it's like there's no breathing even in a three-hour movie there's so little breathing in them um and the scene will end and the dialogue will end and then you'll just get a moment of just Marcel just standing there and contemplating what they just said or looking at something and then you'll move on and those little moments of breathing mean everything to me um, my only criticism with it is something I won't spoil but like there's like a mid credit scene which for me is unnecessary the actual moment the film ends on is so perfect and it's everything I wanted the end of the film to be um, I love it absolutely love it and I yeah, cannot it's a movie but it's a warm that. hug I love Jenny Slate so so much and I will watch and listen to her in anything because she is uh, completely unhinged and also very, like, I don't know if anyone saw her, um, the documentary that she made about her own life. And it was uh, heartbreaking and absolutely beautiful. And considering that she is um, a goofy as fuck comedic actress that I have watched for years and years on everything from dumb uh, sketch shows to uh, big budget sketch shows to um, independent really hard to watch at times films and for a good reason hard to watch not a bad reason um, it's just really nice to see her in animated films and see her stretch her legs there too. I love her too I, but I haven't seen it yet uh, I haven't you, seen it yet either and I want to so badly because I used to love Marcel the shell with shoes on I quote it regularly and I'm so yeah I I'm so it. excited <laughs> That's awesome. I saw the movie not knowing that the actual real life sensation that had happened. So the first time I saw it, uh, it was very strange for me to have no clue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, that this though. was like partly full full breaking. Yeah. So was that two votes? Yeah. I was voting for animated Heidi. best animated. Yeah. Oh, and Lola I, uh, as well? yeah, yep. My best votes. animated okay, too. So My dog agrees. Currently She's in barking. tie with turning red. But okay, uh, anybody? Any other votes, Lola, for July? Does your dog also have a cough? Uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. I'll vote for Nope for best film. Good. Someone needs to do it. Good, do it. Fuck film. yeah. I have too many like best film lists, and I just like picking the top three is hard. Um, so yeah, I'll vote for Nope. I uh, thought it was a great theater experience. Um, I it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, I was surprisingly horrified at times, and then a lot of it was just funny and enjoyable. Um, you know, great characters, um, fun depiction of Hollywood um, that, you know, I haven't seen in film too much. Um, so I, I liked it. I thought it was creative. And uh, what's not to love about Nope? 
Well, I'm actually going to double down with you because I'm also going to put it into the best genre film of the year because Nope is for me first, my favorite. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it can be in two categories. The extra vote is um, good. Yeah. It is for me, like, it's a film that I saw it the first time. And for context, uh, I really love Get Out, not quite as much as everyone else. I think Us is a mess, but a wildly interesting mess. So I'm just very yeah. grateful it exists. Um, this was a movie for me that I came out of it the first time. I was like, oh, wow. Well, I love like the story and I love the mood and all these things more than his previous two films, but it still feels like a mess of ideas. And then we talked about it and then I talked to other people about it and then I started reading. And unlike men, which had the opposite effect of me, the more I read about Nope and the intentions and different theories and all these different things, uh, the more I was like, I started to read in my head and I didn't watch it again for a few months, but I kept thinking about it through this different lens of understanding. And then when I went back to it the second time, I was like, oh, everything works in this movie. Like everything works. It's so fucking incredibly intelligently thought out. Everything uh, has so many different like layers of interpretation that actually gel and aren't contradicting each other. Um, and I think it's nearly a perfect movie now. I love it so much. I have a feeling that when I see it again, that will be the experience. Like I, I watched it the first time and I walked out feeling like, I feel like I should love that, but for some reason I'm not having the same sort of like religious experience at the movies that like so many other people are talking about having. And I didn't feel like so strongly moved, but it yeah i've seen enough now about it that i'm just kind of like this is too smartly put together to like not do something more visceral to me so i gotta i gotta try it again yeah it's definitely worth the second view on um okay anything else from the month yeah i went back and forth but i'm gonna throw in my most underrated just because i never i haven't heard anybody talking about it except for me and the girlfriend that i saw it with but mrs harris goes to paris was so freaking charming and enjoyable to me that i think that more people who like that type of movie should know about it and see it because it was just a little treat and just made you feel so good i've heard a lot of good stuff about it actually (laughs) it's delightful i haven't yeah so that's me (laughs) what are you nominating it for carly uh underrated most underrated yeah because i haven't heard anybody talk about it yeah, I don't know many people have seen it, but the ones I know who have seen it really enjoyed it. So I don't think you're alone with that. I think that's good representation. Yeah, I mean, one of our friends put it on his top 10 for the year. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, Leslie Manville, she's pretty great, right? So good. Wonderful. Anything else? No DC League of Super Pets? We're fine? Okay. Uh, August, we had Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We also had Bullet Train. Uh, Resurrection, a uh, first of a of a whole bunch of Turtles movies that are coming. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we had Prey, the reimagining of the Predator franchise. We had The Invitation, the Fall, Emily the Criminal, um, a different beast. Well, I forget which way around these two are, but whatever. Uh, Orphan, First Kill, Three Thousand Years of Longing, and Funny Pages. How do people feel about August? Lola's got a hand raised. Please. Take the floor. Underrated resurrection. Glad I'm so glad you said it. I was I was going between this right. and she will, and I really was I, I feel like I regret my vote for men and wish I had placed my best on she will instead. But 
I'm going to make it right by doing Underrated for Resurrection because I actually watched it this week. I had been meaning to watch it since it came out, and I was kind of pissed that uh, the last... Uh, you know, four months of the year has been kind of a shit show personally, so I haven't seen um, as much as I would like, and plus it's festival time for me, like uh, basically from June with Chat Film Fest and uh, September with all of the things that go on, uh, I get a deluge and then I just like need a mental break for like a month in November, and I feel like I missed this and I hate that I missed it because I watched it earlier this week and then immediately had to watch it again and show other people. Uh, and I want to watch it again because I, I love Rebecca Hall. I don't always like the movies she's in, but I love her um, at big time. Like I didn't like, I know Al, I think we talked about Nighthouse uh, not that long ago. Um, I, like I really wanted to like that and I didn't. Um, oh, I like Nighthouse. It's, it's fine, but I wanted to like, I, I had more, it was like, I expected more um, and uh, I, this, I uh, went in a little bit blind. I had an idea of exactly what was, like what the, the pretense was uh, before seeing it, but the deeper it went, um, the more deeply fucked up it got. Uh, kind of like, uh, one thing I forgot to mention was The Wounded Fawn. It reminded me of how twisted that just and deeper that went as you watched it like oh my god oh my god you're just are you you're watching kidding? her like slow deterioration it's, like it's, it's pretty like, incredible it's a return to her deterioration because she has done this before and she is doing it again and i loved the ending i loved the daughter um i liked that they didn't they introduced side characters they gave them enough personality to stand on their own but didn't stray away from the focus between her and tim roth and tim roth as a bad guy is always going to be something that I love and he was uh chillingly sinister in this um like I I'm getting goose flesh thinking about how uncomfortable and angry and uh, uh, just slimy he made me feel while I watched it um the uh barefoot walking uh mm -hmm. and and the uh screaming in the plaza at the end of that um I was just like, fuck me. I can't, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, I mean, just yeah. the gaslighting he does to her initially. And yeah, and that monologue, like we've gotten some yes. great monologues oh, this monologue. year. And that, like, she's pretty incredible. If I ever yeah. act again, I'm going to memorize that. I just, it was, <sighs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. I just no, really I'm, like I'm really glad you brought it up. It was nearly in my underwear. First of all, I want to say I'm glad that we brought up the official word of 2022 was gaslighting from Miriam. So glad we managed to get that into the podcast. Um, yeah, it's for me, no, it was resurrection. <laughs> it is now, Peter. It is now. Very good. No, that was good, Peter. That was good. Uh, uh, resurrection for me was the better version of what men was trying to yeah. do, really. Yeah, um, 100%. I think, it's, I think it's a wonderful movie. Uh uh, and, and it had one of my favorite posters of the year as well. I think it's a really strikingly cool poster. Um, yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. So I really love it, and I'm glad to see it represented in the underrated. Um, okay. Oh, Amy's waving a hand. What you got for us? Um, I would like to nominate Prey for Ooh. Best Returning Franchise. Yes, do it. Oh, that um, was my other choice. I, I, I'm a fan of Predator as a lot of people, uh, genre fans are. Um, but I've been underwhelmed by some of the sequels and newer releases. Um, I think Prey is a great way to kind of reboot a franchise and is a good example of how to do it. Um, and I think more people who are 
opening up franchises should take note. Um, very creative. Uh, surprisingly, I, I was a little anxious to see it because I was worried it was going to be kind of disrespectful, but it really was seemed very respectful. Um, and I don't know. It's just surprising. I, I wasn't expecting it. I think a lot of people weren't expecting it. Um, and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Same. This was a, a close second to my my pick. So Same. For, for Same. You, I'll Are be honest, guys... if it wasn't for the last, um, sorry, uh, if it wasn't for the last like 15 minutes of Prey, it potentially would have been like much, much higher on my list. I really, really enjoy Prey I a think lot. just the way they did it alone, like just the creativity of how to reboot a franchise kind of makes it an easy decision for me because there are a lot of good, you know, franchise continuations this year um but none of them are doing this right i don't know i'm gonna join you i'm gonna i'm gonna do it too because i i love like i said big dumb fun thrills and this is uh not so dumb uh and fun and a thrill and visually again i'm a sucker i'm a sucker for visually striking but with something behind it um i can't i like neon demon i can't with that and uh the <laughs> beautiful but can't. it still maintains but a it, level of campiness yes. that needs yes. to be there yes but absolutely. it's not disrespectful that's kind of so what good. i was like you how are they gonna do this without offending yeah <laughs> you know thank you that's, and they that's did somehow perfect. that's and the so, perfect way to put it yeah i wasn't gonna do it but now i'm gonna do it just because yes. yeah no i'm with you Thank you. Lola's my new best friend. Sorry, Carly. It's okay. <laughs> I get it. I honestly would like it. Like, it's only because I love the Batman so much. But like, yeah, I, I thought, I think Prey's fantastic. It's just, it, my only criticism of it is they, they essentially do the original Predator ending. But the original Predator ending is my favorite bit of Predator because it goes on for, a, I timed it. And I think it was like 36 minutes or something. And it takes so much time. And like, whereas in Prey, they rush it in about 14 minutes. And it was just way too rushed. I just needed to like... The ending is where I need to take my time with the Predator film and kind of enjoy that sort of tete-a-tete. But that's my only criticism. I love Prey. I think it's a really wonderful movie. Um, Okay, so now we're moving into September. We're going to start off... Hold on, Al. Hold on, Al. Really important. What kind of (laughs) pizza are you eating, Amy? (laughs) What, what? What, what, what? I can't tell you that. Is it Domino's? I love. I secretly love. Kind of want. That was a nod and a shake. That was a nod and a shake. It's not Domino's. It's worse than Domino's. Is it Papa John's? Is it Little Caesars? Yeah. Fuck yeah, Little Caesars. <laughs> Little Caesars. No, no. Pizza they pizza. have. Great. They have a Detroit pizza I've had now, it. and it's so good. Their breadsticks are my favorite uh, fast food breadsticks. Mm. Yeah. Wow, this is like it's a fucking so Doughboys episode all of a sudden. <laughs> Still good. I haven't eaten for seven hours. I'm so hungry. Let's. <laughs> Everyone just taunt me with food. Um, all right. So we're going to start September with the first of two Pinocchio movies that came out over a three-month period. Because the better one. Why not? <laughs> if we want to talk about Tom Hanks <laughs> in the year 2022. I have no defense. Uh, we have one. Disney's Pinocchio. We then also had the horror film that many people love, Barbarian. Uh, we had Speak No Evil, another horror film that people love. Uh, we had another returning franchise with Clerks. Three, we had See How They Run, which was a uh, uh, it um, movie from the UK. We had The Woman King, Confess Fletch. We had the sequel to, well, the prequel to X with Pearl. Uh, the remake, Goodnight Mommy. 
We also had uh, the return, uh, but this time not by Victor Salva, of Jeepers Creepers Reborn. We had Don't Worry Darling, uh, which I'll never forgive for not putting a nice little comma in there. We had The Monsters. Uh, we also had Bros Smile, which someone who was meant to be on this podcast would have voted for the best film of the year and would have been vetoed. We had Athena that went to Netflix and we had Vespa and Hocus Pocus 2. Whole bunch of, that's a fucking month of different flavors. Uh, what is any, is there anything exciting people? Peter's got his hand, hand raised. Go for it. Um, all right. So I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to do, I'm probably going to do my underrated for this one. Although this one, my underrated votes really are kind of equal. Cause I have a feeling that the other one is not going to get the praise that it deserves. Um, <laughs> okay. The other one's Corsage. Please don't say the monsters. I love um, Corsage. I feel like that. Corsage is going to fly a little too low under the radar and it's like too late for the Oscars or whatever, maybe, or, um, it's just, that movie's fucking brilliant. And if we have a chance to talk about it more than we should anyway, most underrated, uh, confess Fletch, buddy. Uh, <laughs> the movie is just yes. a fucking solid seven. It is it, how, wait, is that what the sequel is going to be called? Just confess Fletch, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine no, but with really. That. Um, but right. really, Fletch is going to be. But really, nice Fletch. <laughs> um, I I really hope that there are more. It's just like a surprisingly chill, uh, kind of adult comedy that doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's not like pandery. It's really just sort of low key, and you're almost waiting for it to get bigger and zanier and it's just kind of like a fun chill time with John Hamm and I like him so I want to have a chill time with John Hamm I saw it on an airplane I thought it was fine Mm, fine. and that's an okay response (laughs) yeah I enjoyed it I, I wouldn't put it as my favorite or even one of my favorites but I found it very charming I enjoyed it um, okay, any other votes? Sounds underrated to me. <laughs> so many. <laughs> God damn it, Peter. So many? Come on, Amy, so take many. us from yeah. What do you got? Well, I'm going to have to say Barbarian, of course. That's my that's my genre film pick. That's your genre that film That is also my best genre film. Same Z's. Um, I, I mean, do I need to go into it? Should I go into it? I think we already know. We that's know. One, I don't right? want you to go into it because <laughs> I want know, it to be know. a surprise for <laughs> as many people as possible. It's, yeah, Gary. It's the perfect level uh, level of genre to be picked as the best genre of the year. I think it's the only film that made me scream in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I definitely jumped and looked like a total jackass. I saw it with uh, the group of people in this house right now and a couple others um, who are massive genre film fans. And... I Al has seen movies with me. Um, he knows how I watch movies. It's it made me feel like when I saw Green Room in the theater, where I was just like, That's oh a no, good comparison. no, 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 uh, uh, like freaking out, slapping, and um, I didn't even know Justin Long was in the movie. Um, yeah. I think until like the day before, like I hadn't seen any of the ads with him in it, and when I. I absolutely loved his entire character arc in that film. It mm-hmm. made me laugh so hard, and I I don't I don't want to say anything else just because I uh, I so thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's my favorite pure horror film of the year. It's not my favorite genre film, but it's my favorite pure horror film for sure. So I mean, I'm very happy with it getting three votes. Is that for Barbarian? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, Alan, you it. can't make up categories actually. So pure horror film. <laughs> I don't think that, you could, uh, do that. It's my podcast. I can do what the fuck I want. Um, what else do we have for September? Uh, I do have another one. If no one else does. Yes, go on. I'm going to vote for Smile and you're all going to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> it is it is my fuck you, I love it. I, it. I know it's not a good movie, so you can argue that all you want. But I had a fucking blast in the theater, so um, I can't ignore that. Yeah. Uh, I love jump scares. I thought it was goofy and funny and and ridiculous. And awful in a way that I could rewatch it a billion times and still have a blast watching it. So unapologetically, love Smile. And uh, I know it's not good. So there it is on my fuck you. I love it. <laughs> it was one of my favorite theater experiences this year. Yes. I went to go see it at Beyond Fest. It was the first film that they showed. It was free, which is like honestly the only reason I went because I had very low expectations of this film based off of the trailer. And so I was going in with my judgy pants on and I everybody <laughs> in the theater had a blast. And it was just it was super fun so i totally get it for that category yeah veto uh in lieu of my friend who was going to put it in the top films of the year i feel like since you've brought it up in the category i have i was ready to use my veto on that so in the same way you said it with elvis i promised myself if anyone brought up smile i would veto but, it so i mean what are you vetoing? That it's fun? Do you not think it's fun? No, I, thought, I had a miserable experience. I got angry and angry. He did. I was with him. He got film. very irritated. Unbelievably irritated. Um, uh, I, I, and it's not that it's like, you know, there are way worse films this year for sure. It's the fact that something like that pedestrian and recycled could become that huge that made me so angry. And hearing it work on people made me really, really angry. And the only way I could kind of like rationalize, you know, when you're watching a movie and in your head, you're like, oh, this is obviously terrible. And this line reading was terrible. And that shot is terrible. And everything you're like, oh, this is terrible. Everyone hates this. And then you get out and everyone had a great time. And yeah. you're just like, I feel like I exist on a different planet. I you're don't know thinking what of it like a film, and you should be thinking of it like no, I'm a thinking of it like it's fucking <laughs> is just ripping off the ring, and it's ripping off it follows, and all these other films it's that did the exact same things, literally like a thousand times better. It. it does nothing new. The it pitch knows what for it Smile. Is, so here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, but then There's do it well. I have no shot. problem. You're not even listening. <laughs> because I, I've heard you say it's great, and I'm telling you why I, I disagree. Ever said it does nothing. Wait, in my life okay. have I said she did not why you want it okay movie. that is fair that, that has is never fair. come out of my mouth that is ever. fair so but I've heard you justify why lie. you would enjoyed it <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying like it's fun dude yeah Learn and to I'm have I'm vetoing it because I had a terrible time so pretentious I'm not pre <laughs> I can enjoy them I fucking You're got British Sonic 2 on these fucking lists I put fucking Sonic 2 and Jurassic World Dominion I can watch a movie that is just a derivative movie, but then you do it well. Or you met you do a bit something that's a shambles, but you have a new idea. Smile did neither for me. It's derivative and does why none does it of it better why, than why any other film. Why your criteria for what's enjoyable have to match what my criteria? It doesn't. For what's you enjoyable. enjoyed it. I'm not going to convince the enjoyment what more out can of you. you. Expect from a man that hates RRR. <laughs> that loathes RRR. Dude, I didn't even know that movie existed. Oh, okay. Used to be. 
Um, and I had a miserable time with it, and I just I need a film to either. I just yeah, don't feel like that's fun, a, that's enough to actually veto it. I think if you if you have fun with the movie, it's enough for you to vote it. Then me having a miserable that's time is enough for me to veto it. What is the category? It's not that. I mean, politically, yeah, sure. our no questions asked. Like, yeah, don't you just I don't need to, to justify my veto. I just said why, and then it's up to you if you wanna if you wanna use your signature select to keep it in. And if you do, then everyone votes, and then I will go with the vote because it's a democracy, and I respect everyone. Then I will decision. use it. I have nothing else that I care about on my list. Okay, <laughs> now we have to have a show of hands, and I will respect if people want to keep smile. Everyone's real. Look, at everyone. Everyone looks like they're like children in a divorce. <laughs> Okay, people who want to keep Smile in the voting. I'll vote for her to keep it. Okay. Yeah. Lola, you were the one who was shitting Sorry. on it. What's yeah, going on? Just, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm doing it on principle because I was going to veto it if it was any other category, but fuck you, I love it. But now mm-hmm. um, I, I can't, I won't veto someone else's enjoyment of it. Just because the points she made is correct, it is. To be clear, dumb. I'm not vetoing her enjoyment of it. I'm vetoing. I don't, it I don't care. I don't care. To. I don't care. It's, it's You're the trying principle to retroactively make me Albert hate Finney. it. It's no. the principle of the matter. Okay. Okay. So we have two votes to keep it in. We've got three more people who said no so far. So it just depends. No, you don't count. Because <laughs> I don't count. Uh, just to just to clarify, I have not seen Smile. I think this argument is really funny because I have no hat in the ring. <laughs> I'm Ugh. not voting for it uh, because Amy declared herself my nemesis with the Elvis veto. <laughs> so no, that's fair. Okay. Uh, so oh, no. so she's I'm down the tiebreaker. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sophia. Wait, did you see it? I haven't seen it, so I don't know if I'm allowed to vote in this. You are allowed to vote. This is it's a messed up system. It's almost as if none of this matters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, based on the previews, I'm going to have to vote against it. No, you can't vote for the, pre- the preview. <laughs> you really can't. It's no. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that preview. Come on. Um, I like the preview more than the movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Just keep talking. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, we don't have to. We're good, Lola. Don't worry. Because okay. <laughs> now I feel like I want to vote to keep it in just to make you angry. <laughs> okay, do it. I'm not, I'm not angry. I, none of this means anything. Okay, it's tied. Okay, then it's still in. No, it's not tied. It's in. You yeah, want? it's in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It is in. Thanks, Heidi. No, you don't, Lola. You love yourself. Yeah, you You're made that happen, human. Lola. Just to be clear. I'm gonna remind I've you known you for, for like two hours cool. now, and I can just tell your delight. I am a delight. That's that's yeah. accurate. No matter what else says. Um, okay. So then, anything else from September? Probably not allowed to say anything because it's not a category. <laughs> but bodies, bodies, bodies was great, and I don't think it gets enough love. That's true. We all loved it. Okay. Um, I want an avenue to talk about Clerks Three, but we're not going to. So let's move on. I might Lola. have. I might have. Uh, for September, no. Uh, yeah. For September. Fuck. What do you need? Do I? Yeah. No. Mm, yeah. Uh, see no evil. Or speak no evil. Excuse me. Speak no evil. Okay. Yeah. Um, that movie just fucked me up. It really did. It was. Fuck. How do I? I don't know what to use for this. Um, I guess I'm using a fuck you. I love it. Yeah. I think I'm using okay. a fuck you. I love it on speak no okay. evil. Uh, even though I did. It's like weird. The movies that I'm choosing for fuck you. I love it aren't movies that I loved, but I just thought they made me they were very visceral for me uh and they Mm -hmm. gave me this uncomfortable weird fucking reaction that i could not 
it was just kind of burned into my head. Um, the way it was shot, the bits of, uh, uh, like I laughed a few times throughout, but uh, it was so, I, I don't think I'm ever going to, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again, but I definitely will not forget it. Um, yeah. And I haven't seen it, but I've heard that. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was a I've beautifully heard... shot by the seaside film, Heidi. Um, uh, just not the kind that you like, uh, perhaps. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was beautifully shot. It was wonderfully acted. Um, the uh, the ending just like had me gasping um, for error because of yeah. the unspeakable nature of it. Uh, I, I have nothing more to say. I want to see it, but I've never, because of everything I've heard about it, I just never feel like I'm in a solid headspace. Same. I, 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 I hear it'll blind. ruin your day. Like, that's what I've heard. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll see when that's going to be viewed. <laughs> my my brain is already, like, tipping. So, like, <laughs> I don't know that yeah. I can handle it. I agree. I'm glad that you put it on the list. It's a really great film. So. I want to see it. Thank you, Lola, for speaking up. Okay, we're going to move into October now. Everyone happy? Good. Uh, we got Terrifier 2, one of the longest slasher movies of all time. Uh, we had Lyle Lyle Crocodile, Amsterdam, Triangle of Sadness, Tar, Wendell and Wild, uh, Two Leslie, All Quiet on the Western Front, Disney's Werewolf by, sorry, Marvel's Werewolf by Night, uh, The Hellraiser, whatever you want to call it, uh, Halloween Ends, the final part in that trilogy, VHS 99, Black Adam, Ticket to Paradise, After Sun, The Banshees of Inishirin, and Decision to Leave. Holy fuck, Fucking what a month. Christ. And I'm very frustrated because like, most of my top 10 films are in like October and November, and many of them I won't get to speak about because you only really get to talk about your top three, and you know, then you depend on other people bringing them up. Let's see what people bring up. Who wants to cast the first vote? Peter and Sophia. Let's have Sophia first. Uh, I, well, I have a couple for October, but I, as one of my best films of the year, I had Tar. Um, I love Kate Blanchett. I love um, how simultaneously I'm like terrified of becoming someone like that, but also her lifestyle at the beginning was so appealing. Um, very like a very uh, yeah, just really interesting choices. Um, there's this moment where she was running and she just hears someone screaming and it never really comes back to that, but it elevated the like tension of the movie and so good. I love the use of music as well. I mean, the use of mirrors and every just like the cinematography and how it just sort of flows from like long conversation to long conversation, like yeah, I really liked it too. Yeah, same. I yeah, saw same. that movie at <clears throat> the New York Film Festival in Lincoln Center and like the way that the audience for Link I don't know like Lincoln Center is in the Upper West Side of Manhattan and the audience for anything at Lincoln Center is essentially old white people that have lived on the <laughs> Upper West Side for like 60 years. And so when it starts and it's in the uh the New Yorker conversation it's like um hang on rising desk is rising um 
and it's basically like it was it was like fucking avatar because it was like 40x of just like this audience watching the movie in this venue is the movie and the way that all of these people basically were like and I actually saw some letterbox reviews that like kind of called out this phenomenon with other festival audiences the audience is like so on Tar's side because she is their demographic celebrity. Like when she is in the room and she's saying all of her fucking like anti like woke culture shit, this fucking audience was like, ah, oh, like they were like every single fucking like you can appreciate Beethoven because he was fucking like they were just like, yeah, hell yeah. And they were their laughs like started dying out about an hour in and it was just like very satisfying to hear. There were really interesting elements of nature tied into that film, too. Um, Like when she's in the jungle, sort of at the end, and running through uh, the forest in Berlin. I just thought there was something very existentially terrifying about her kind of character's downfall. I haven't seen it yet now because of the phrase existentially terrifying, as I'm sure you all know my kink now. Um, (laughs) Oh, it's three hours of that. Oh, well, okay. uh, Set me up country music. Yeah, no, I I agree with what everybody said. I don't need to belabor anymore. I think it's my fifth or sixth favorite film of the year. I can't remember from my list, but I absolutely love it. I think it's pretty remarkable. Very happy to see it represented here. Um, Okay, what else do we have? Just as important as Tara is Kate Blanchett on Hot Ones this year equally yes. important film 1000 fucking percent I haven't seen that yet I'll have to check it out so good um, I have another one for best film of 2022 please which is After Sun um, this like this is probably I had to sort of juggle it with um, the worst person in the world but this is the only one I gave like five stars to for the year and I just had a really kind of cathartic experience with it um, seeing it at the Toronto Festival um, so I didn't really know a lot about it going into it and it's one of those films that just initially feels pretty simple like it's just a father and daughter on vacation but there's then there's kind of like layers and layers of storytelling that kind of unfold um, and it's just it's a really impressive like first feature it's a very personal story that came from her life and like you're watching it it's just a sweet story they're on vacation and then it's sort of a coming of age for Sophie and then you get a little bit more about the dad side of things um, and then like there's flashes where you realize that this is kind of this is actually a flashback of um, Sophie remembering this trip from her childhood because she's now the same age that her dad was when they took that trip and so she's kind of using these memories to kind of get a better perspective of him and um, what he was going through at that point. And then, like, suddenly, like, David Bowie is playing, and I'm trying not to cry, and I'm not succeeding, and then, like, the credits come up, and it was in a theater where it's just, like, the lights come up right away, and I just needed a little more time to sit with it, and then I'm, like, in a bathroom stall sobbing because, like, just... It just kind of, like quietly devastating it just really overwhelmed me and i really loved it 
So I agree. I mean, this is my second favorite film of the year and it feels very weird to me. I, I wanted to push them apart because I just felt so stupid on my list to have my top two films both had sun in the title, both took place on like these holidays by the seaside and both have these sort of internal investigations of someone looking at their life that way. Um, but it's, it's a remarkable film, like a truly remarkable film. And it's exactly what you said. It's like, it it doesn't do anything big. You're waiting and going like, is it going to be a big moment where they're going to turn this into melodrama or are they going to turn this into like, here's the big sad thing that happens. They don't do that. Um, it's just, it creeps into your veins. And yeah, when the movie finishes, I thought like, I really was watching it. I really enjoy it. I like, well, I enjoy it from my world, but I'm really like, absorbed by this film. I'm really loving the nuances of it. The acting is wonderful between the two of them. It's absolutely wonderful. And it's all like, if they didn't work, this film falls apart. Um, and then it got near the end and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have that emotional punch people seem to have with this film. And then it ended. And again, I was so grateful nothing really big happens. Um, but then you just, even just even like 30 seconds later, you just for a second, like think back to some of the bits in the film from the perspective of the ending and it fucking destroys you. Like I couldn't move for like two minutes. It just like crept up on me in this very relatable way. Um, and I absolutely adore it. Um, so yeah, high recommend. So happy to have it on the list because I was going to put it on there. So I'm glad you did it because it means it frees me up a vote for something else. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, anything I, else? I have a couple. Please. Um, I have, uh, I'm not voting, but I want to talk about it for Amsterdam. Mm. Would love to talk about <laughs> that film. <laughs> because um, I actually really in- enjoyed Amsterdam. Um I think I might be the only person that liked it. Um, and I don't know. Okay, so I don't know if it's because of the director people don't like it or if it's because of the movie that people don't like it. And I'm starting to think a lot of what I hear and a lot of what I'm reading, at least on like Letterboxd, is fuck this director, fuck this. Yeah. And honestly, I this was a movie where I saw the trailer and I thought, oh, this looks good. I'm going to see it um and the i didn't even realize who the director was um i i went and saw after i was like oh i like his other films like i should know this director why don't i know this director and then i was reading reviews after i saw it and everyone was like fuck him so i was like okay well i need to go see why everyone hates this guy because i'm just like not involved in like hollywood politics like i don't track it um so then i'm reading all these things and i'm watching videos of him like berating lily tomlin and which is no who could we can't berate lily tomlin but it's still a a, not a bad movie i don't know so i just want to hear other people's thoughts about it because i know you guys are probably more involved in that kind of world than i am and so i'm interested do people really not like the movie or do people just really not like the director? I've heard more of one than the other. I did see it. I, It's hard for me to explain why I didn't like it. It was something about like the tone. It just feels really contrived. And just like sometimes when like with the casting and there's so many recognizable faces and like Taylor Swift shows up and like sure. something about that just feels off. And I'm not saying it's the best movie of no. the year, but it just for me, I'm just curious if people like if people would like it more if it wasn't his name. They would. And I, I think okay. that for me, this is this is a movie that I put in one of my subcategories as fuck you. It's fine because yeah, <laughs> sure. uh, 
I do think that the the sheer level of people just like just going I, I it kind of seems like it got swept up in like a film Twitter hate ball like rolling and like right. all the letterbox reviews and stuff and all of it is just kind of like this is like the most like I can't believe I had a I have a friend that was like I think that's the worst movie I've ever seen and I was like I don't know how one could get to that right. like there when are Elvis things exists. <laughs> Um, sorry sorry i'm sorry i have to continue please i don't think it's very good i i i think it's like a two out of five and i i have i have really conflicting thoughts on on david o russell like it i i do think that like the more he churns out like kind of mid movies that have like enormous budgets and continues to apparently be like a terrible guy like it's much easier to kind of just be like man fuck this guy fuck these movies but like i was someone that like when silver linings playbook came out I enjoyed it much longer than anyone else. Like, I started hearing people say, like, oh, my God, this fucking trash-ass movie, like, like five years after it came out. And I was like, wait a second. What is bad about it? Like, it's... I, I was very confused by that response. I feel like now I would probably watch it and have some ideas about just like, eh, mental health is not treated very... I don't know. It fem- It seems flimsy not terrible and i feel like i've seen enough of david o russell's movies to where i feel like if you've seen anything he's done in the last 20 years you kind of know that his whole thing is like people sort of rambling and not making that much sense and talking over each other and sometimes that really works for me and sometimes it doesn't work that well for me and like I, for example, uh, love I Heart Huckabees. I think I Heart Huckabees is fucking phenomenal, despite the fact that he verbally abused uh, Lily Tomlin, and like that's unforgivable. But like the movie fucking rocks. Uh, and then there's American Hustle, which is a dog shit piece of nothing. <laughs> like. I don't know. And so Amsterdam is like, it's kind of closer to I Heart Huckabees for me than most people seem to be giving it credit for. Because it is a bunch of people running around and going like, like this thing matters and then it doesn't. It doesn't have the philosophy of that though. Like for me, it's more like he tried to remake American Hustle. Like he's doing this based on a true story, like period piece. Um and I thought it was yeah, more like trying to do like an inherent vice Thomas Pinchon thing, which like I'm kind of a sucker for like even flimsy attempts at Thomas Pinchon shit because it's just like fun. But then the last 20 minutes are pretty ruinous for Amsterdam. Also, it looks like yeah. ungraded footage. Thank you. <laughs> I can't My believe heart. Lubezki like put his name on that movie. It looks horrendous. God damn it, Peter! One other thing, unless I don't know if uh, somebody mentioned it when I was in the bathroom, but I I did really like Decision to Leave. Um, Gotta love Decision to Leave. Yet? What are, you, what are you looking at it for? Uh, does it count as genre? Uh, sure. It's a procedural. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I watched it the first time and the second time I. 
really enjoyed it. So um, Banshees is my top three. I don't need to talk about it a lot. But Banshees rocks. I'm best of 2022 in Banshees as well. Okay, so we have Banshees of Inna Sharon. <laughs> Carly also agreed. Yeah, I, that's also one of my top three. And Decision to Leave. Yeah, I'm really happy Decisions, Decision to Leave is put in there as well. I think that's a really, really wonderful film. I think it's much sexier than Basic Instinct. And I've watched it, I think, three times now. And I think it's really just, it, it gets better and better. There were quite a lot of films this year that get better and better. Okay, uh, um, anything else from October? Yeah, I'm just real quick. I'm not rating, but want to talk about it. Shout out to Werewolf by Night. I freaking loved this movie so much. I thought it was so much fun. I love that this director, this is his first thing. Other, He's had a very successful year as a com- er, career Michael as a Giacchino. composer. Yes, he's amazing. And everything worked for me. And I love that he's going to do the, the Them reboot. And uh, that's it. I'm, I loved Werewolf by Night. He's doing which reboot? Them. Oh, is he? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Um, sad to leave October behind. There's still films in there I would desperately love to discuss, like my four favorite film of the year and stuff, but don't have the room for it. Okay, we're continuing on then into November. Uh, we had The Wonder, uh, Something in the Dirt, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Weird, The Al Yankovic Story, Roll Dolls, Matilda, The Musical, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, R.I.P.D. 2, Rise of the Damned, which came out of fucking nowhere. Uh, the Menu, Bones and All, Nanny, Strange World, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, although I think we should all respect the director's wishes and just call it Glass Onion. Uh, White Noise, Spirited, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and Poker Face. And no, I don't mean the Ryan Johnson TV show. I mean the, what's his, what's his face? What's he called? Russell, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, Poker Face, which if you haven't seen that trailer watch that trailer uh what do people like from the novembers love a lot of that shit uh i would like to put in um bones at all as best genre film you put you're throwing in for bones and all yeah it's just it's my favorite type of horror film horror film where it just it feels very grounded like it's a coming of age cross-country road trip love story and they just happen to eat people um yeah i'd do your favorite what's not to love yeah. yeah. Um, best film for the menu, then. Very good for the menu. Well, uh, let's. Um, Same for the menu. Even though I feel like. Uh, well, maybe that's maybe that's too big of a conversation to have. I'll just shut up. <laughs> I'll just shut the fuck up. Um, well, I just I want to say really quickly. Hang on, so what do we say? Bones and all. Yeah, Bones and all. I think is wonderful. It's it's actually it's my favorite, my second favorite genre movie of the year. It has a lot of flaws, but I just love the mood of it so so much. Um, and I think it's my favorite of his films actually. Um, and but yeah, the menu you've kind of saw. I was going to bring it up as my. I'm going to talk about it because I want to talk about it movie. Um, so now I get to do that here instead very quickly. Uh, yeah, I've seen both of those films three times, actually, at the cinema. Bones and All three times at the cinema. Menu I've seen two times at cinema, once at home. Um, I, I'm so happy you bring it up because most people I know, I, I went with like 17 people, I think, in L.A. to see the menu. And uh, most people, I don't know anyone who hates it, but a lot of people are like, yeah, I like that. But they like, you know, have problems with it. Um, and I really felt like alone on some driftwood of like, it's, I love that movie so much. It's almost immaculate for me. Um, there, I have a couple of little problems like here and there, but it's so concise and laser focused on what it's saying. And I think sure there's like, 
the obvious stuff that it's doing of lambasting people on both sides of of that industry but when again like what i took away from it and then when i read more from the director i was really happy to see him kind of affirm that yeah it's just about the creative industry and about people getting lost from the creative side and then from the audience side and losing the joy from both sides and that doesn't mean it has to be a critique of fine dining it's just like when you get to a point when no one's in like getting anything nourishing out of this anymore um and I, for me it was just a beautiful conversation on on making things um, i feel like I, I fucking love it Okay, I'm going to have a truncated version of what I was about to say, just because Al started so cleanly. But, like, (laughs) I do think that a lot of people are mistakenly viewing this as, like, it's being thrown in with, like, Triangle of Sadness and other films uh, and, and, like, Glass Onion and, like, other movies that where the, 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 the point really is fuck rich people. Like, mm-hmm. there, like, Triangle of Sadness is, like, definitely about, like, structures and the way that, like, you know, people, like, naturally move towards these, like, positions of, you know, like, dominating others when they're given the opportunity and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I do feel like the menu, like you just said, is, like, the point is not, like, ah, oh, look at all these rich people. It's, like, an artist, tr- people are, are viewing it through Anya Taylor-Joy's eyes as being, like, that's like what the point of view of the whole movie is and so much more of what i think the point is is like ray fine's character like wanting to be a great artist working hard but like reaching the point that like kind of is the end point for all art forms where the only audience anymore for you to advance your craft are just people that have the money to fund that level of art of that Mm -hmm. level of like getting those ingredients paying that money for like you know it's not about like him being rich it doesn't even really make it seem like ray fine's character is that like you know that he luxuriates in any of his wealth but it's about like the fact that just because his clients are all rich because they can pay the price to like get and interact with this level of food they don't appreciate it you know Mm -hmm. like they just like need have all of their own little contrived reasons for like wanting to engage with that sort of food no exactly it's and uh, that's why i think it does it so well because every table is is uh, an uh, an opinion on that and it's expressed incredibly yeah like i said laser focus in how they're dealing with that and it would be a very different the narrative would go in a very different direction and this is no spoilers but for instance, in one scene, if someone could even name a dish from his menu from a previous time they've been there, the whole film would go in a very different direction. And I think it's really, I agree with you completely. I think people, I think there's one actual line in there, which I floored the film for, which again, I won't get into here, which kind of unfortunately gives people that opinion that you're talking about. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you and I'm so happy that it's on our list. Um, okay, what else? Uh, I wanted to vote for uh, Glass Onion as the best returning franchise film. Interesting. Oh, that's a I'm good gonna, one. I'm going to veto. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I I I teetered on this Intrigue. until some... I was like, if no one's going to say it, I'm not going to say a word. But I... Go. Please talk. Please talk. Oh, yeah, make your case, please, Heidi. So, I mean, I thought this one, like, it's more rewatchable than the first one as far as the whodunit. Um, I love just the variety of the cast i like how um like he didn't need to use the pandemic 
setting, but I like how he used that to add it as like the character development with like the type of mask that they used. Um, Edward Norton dressing like Frank T.J. Mackey from Magnolia. Um, it's so good. <laughs> and I mean, and part yes. of it was probably like I I saw it at TIFF with an audience, so it's so for me like that's definitely something that you need to kind of watch with a lot of people. Um, for that experience and and I love whodunits I mean he gives nods to like Clue and The Last of Sheila Evil Under the Sun um I thought there was enough subversion to kind of keep you guessing on things um I mean fucking Janelle Monet is amazing um and when I rewatched it the second time he does actually give away like the murder he films it that way but he distracts you during that scene where you don't notice it the first time or at least I didn't so I thought that was really clever um I just thought it was fun Lola you vetoed your rebuttal god damn it so I agree with a lot of things you said however um I found it to drag in a lot of places I found some of the performances to just great on my nerves, uh, Kate Hudson in particular. I know that's the point, but I, I, you can make a point without um, beating me in the face with a shovel over that point. Uh, and I felt like there were a number of points. I, I, I cannot agree with you on the rewatchability. I would rather rewatch Knives Out than Glass Onion. Uh, and it's, it's weird. I think this was a victim of hype for me. Uh, I really wanted to see it. I have been a fan of Janelle Monet since 2007. I absolutely adore her music especially uh, Metropolis Suite I feel like she has been misused in a lot of things um, such as Antebellum right? yeah uh, and I, I don't um, I get frustrated because I know that she is capable of a lot I loved her in Moonlight um, but I this movie just frustrated me at every turn like I wanted I, I wanted it to be a little less, it felt hokey. And I love Agatha Christie. I love Hercule Poirot. I love all that stuff. And I loved certain characters individually, but together I just, it felt very disparate in a lot of ways to me. Like the relationships between them, I know they're supposed to feel fractured, but they didn't just feel fractured. They felt uh, like they lacked chemistry for people who had known each other for such a long time. And that just frustrated me. Um, whereas in Knives Out, I-, I felt like there was history between them, you know, just in the way that they conversed with each other and the, the tension that they showed with each other. However, I will watch Dave Batista be a red pillar every day for the rest of my life. I will not argue. That fucking killed me because I watch a lot of uh, internet common etiquette with Eric and uh, he makes fun of that guy so much that it was great to see just a complete caricature of that. So I'll give you that, but I have to be too. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll give you that they're unlikable characters. I just enjoyed laughing at them. Um, And I thought like compared to other ones, like see how they run. I just didn't think was as like that one felt off to me. This one just felt right. I don't know. I will are, say, are you happy with it being taken off the list, or do you want to I'm, count up? I don't, it's fine. I mean, it's like, not so in my top, like, ten of the year or anything. It's just one that I enjoyed, and I and just as far as, like, I mean, as far as the franchise films, I just thought I would throw this in there to talk about it, but... Everyone, everyone's too fucking polite. We're really not enjoying the fun these cards can create. <laughs> Me and Amy's, like, <laughs> hatred of each other now is the only, <laughs> only, only correct usage. 
We could go back and yell at each other more if you want. God damn it, Peter. <laughs> Shut up. Um, Peter, sorry, you were going to say a quick thing on Colossani before we Yeah, just on. super quick. Like, I, I did actually find that the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, I think I liked it, but I don't know. There's something weirdly kind of like, like, I don't, not slapped together, but like, it, it felt... Yeah, it felt disparate. And I will say on the second watch, a lot of that comes from the first hour essentially being not what is actually happening that you're that you're seeing. And it clicked a lot harder for me, the second one. I wouldn't say that I love the movie, but I will say that like it didn't feel awkward. Like the first time I watched it, I was literally like this the way that they're acting with each other and the editing almost feels awkward. And then on the second watch, you're like, oh, it was awkward because there's stuff being left out of these scenes um, that these characters aren't privy to. Also, I just want to say, I think the major stroke of genius in that movie is that for the first half hour or hour or whatever, you think that Janelle Monet is being miscast. Because she's doing her, like, sort of, like, poised, like, powerful woman, sort of silent, posy thing. And you're like, okay, is that, this is really boring of them to, to cast her like this. I like the Kansas like City, Kansas, Janelle Monae. Her actual character is so much fucking fun, and she is having a blast. Um, okay, well, it's come off the list, I'm afraid, because it was vetoed, so it's gone. Um yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Glass Onion. I think Knives Out is better, but I enjoyed Glass Onion fine. It feels a little bit like Ocean's 12 to me, like they're a little bit too into themselves by this point. But, um, but um, okay, so is there anything else in November people want to highlight? Are we moving into the last month of 2022? Amy? I just realized that I missed my animated movie, which is fine because I didn't really like it. But um, <laughs> will Guardians of the Galaxy count as animated? Oh, um, I am. Um, no. The holiday special. I'm just checking because there is animated aspects. There are of animated. There's like you know a minute and a half of animated. That's why I'm asking. It's okay. I, the answer personally, I wouldn't count it as an animated okay. movie, but but that's just me. That's fair. I'm gonna vote for another my last best film because there's nothing in December that I saw or liked. Okay. Uh, I'm lost. gonna I'm gonna say weird because I can. Weird Sorry, yeah. I've been waiting for that movie to come out <laughs> since the short Funny or Die film that they based it on. It came out 10 years ago, and I have I was so excited to see this, and it did not disappoint me. Granted, and Al knows this because I will never let him or anyone else forget it, Popstar is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, hands down, without question, without argument, and fucking fight me in the alley after this if you don't agree. <laughs> but uh, it's... Uh, it's lavishly stupid um and it dared to be stupid and it was and i loved <laughs> that it did that so fucking well um i really loved the casting in the short film with aaron paul and olivia wilde but i was um uh, kind of pleasantly surprised not by daniel radcliffe i knew he was going to be great he's the the trailer was so good uh but I was kind of uh, surprised and then not surprised at all by Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna. Um, I really liked um, the, uh, I guess, antagonist character based in history that I'm not going to name because it's a wonderful surprise in the movie that uh, 
has just like it didn't jump the shark it took the shark it put it in a tank it boarded an airplane and then uh it it it, it skydived over that airplane um and i, I i'm fucking here for that 100 percent. yeah i absolutely loved it like this was the most fun i've had in the movie theater this year and i mean actually literally at least in like three years because it was the first time i was back in like a packed theater um and i'm so sad it was only on roku and it didn't have a release even like glass onion did um so i was able to be at the world premiere at tiff it was amazing um so like and especially with the midnight madness audience i mean we're all just cheering and like singing along and uh so fun and yeah evan rachel wood as like bizarro madonna was amazing um yeah it's it was very enjoyable it's almost bizarre how like 30 years separated it feels like a companion piece to uhf yes like it's the exact same My type God, of yes. like humor. <laughs> I have heard that it's not Daniel Radcliffe's sexiest role of 2022. Though. That's, that's bullshit. Hey, that's subjective. Sorry. Yeah. Just what I've heard. Just another button, buddy. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, and I'm going to throw, because I had my last pick uh, freed up uh, thanks to Heidi, so I'm just going to throw Bones and All. We've already talked about it, but that's going into my best films of the year, because there's nothing in December for me that's best film of the year category. Uh, and now here we are, December. We had Violent Night, The Eternal Daughter, Wait, Empire of Light. So are we going? moving to December? Oh, sorry, yeah. Was, was there something else you need? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to do a quick fuck you, I love it, to White Noise. Oh, please. Um, to white Noise, Okay. It's a total mess, and I so I understand why people dislike it. Um, I would not have guessed it was a Noah Baumbach film. Like, it's definitely more like Alexander Payne, like maybe David O. Russell. Like, I heard Huckabee's kind of weird, bizarro. Like, maybe a little bit of Riley Stern from, like, the weird dialogue. Um, I found it delightful. Um, and just the tribute, like, the utopia of the A&P 80s grocery store yes. and, like, the LCD <laughs> sound system music video at the end. Um, but just all the way so through, good. like, Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig um, are so good together. I mean, it's just, like, it's such a yeah. weird, like, again, like, it could be David Lynch or Coen Brothers. Like, it's just, it's so much jumbled in all together. And I just, I enjoyed it so much. I agree. I was hoping someone would bring it up because I, I watched it last night and I thought it was super fun. That's a good sell. I wanted to watch it today, but I had to go buy leads instead. So I, I fucking love that book. To it. I will. I read it in, uh, I think, high school or early college. And I don't know why. I just I love that. And I'm a great Jones Street is one of my favorite books um, that he also did. And so I fully support this. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've only just started reading mess. it, but it seems to be pretty faithful to it. I love Adam Driver. Um, I don't care. Uh, I, I will, yeah, support anything he's in anyway. So good, good call. Okay, everyone good with November? We'll move into our last month and wrap this up. December, we had Violent Night, The Eternal Daughter, Empire of Light, The Whale, The Quiet Girl, The Apology, Father Stu Reborn, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, not to be confused with Disney's Pinocchio from two months before. Corsage, Living, A Man Called Otto, Babylon, and Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, who's got anything for December? I know there are a few votes left over for sure. I'm not allowed to talk anymore. Can you say Babylon one more time? Sorry. What? 
Can you just say Babylon one more time? Babylon? Oh, okay. That's not what you said. So I just don't know if it was a British thing. You think you said Babylon? He said Babylon. Babylon. Yeah. I heard Babylon. Well, I'm, I'm a little tired and I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> um, what? The, is there hungry. nothing in December that's going on? Nothing? Nobody? Um, I had one to talk about in this month, but I wonder if anybody else got any votes left over that they need to use in here. Nope. I, mean, I, would love I really feel like Peter wants to talk about Avatar, but really want to talk about Avatar. But Fuck you, Peter. <laughs> that was Peter, why. I mean, since it's look, since it's the biggest film of probably all time by the point people listening to this, I'm going to give you one minute. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm watching the clock. And go. Okay, so I just wanted to. <laughs> the reason that I put it in "fuck you, I love it" because is because I just feel like. People like the folks in this podcast, I felt like people in this podcast would be anti-Avatar. And I think that I'm right because nobody wants to talk about it. I haven't uh, even seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't I just, I don't care. I just feel like people that are into like indie and genre and stuff, which I am, that is my dominant like movie type that I watch. But like, I feel like some people are just kind of assuming that they won't be into Avatar. Uh, just because it's like James Cameron or whatever. And like, uh, it's just kind of a unbelievable movie that's completely immersive. And I thought the original was fine. And this one made me cry a bunch. And it's just like, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. I'm not going to stick up for the high frame rate stuff, but like, it's just like your brain shuts off. Minute. You don't yeah, understand what you're watching. It's not CG. It's not live action. Who? It's just something. <laughs> Fine, I'll fucking watch it. God damn it. I love, I love how your majority of talking about why you like Avatar was talking about why other people don't like Avatar. <laughs> well, yeah. it's because I was going He's to put wrong. it in fuck you, I like it. Or fuck you, well, I you, love it. You technically had one extra vote for that, so you just did put it in that. Excellent. So congratulations. Um, have, how many people in here have actually seen Avatar? Yeah, there you go. I'll see it eventually. See it in theaters, though. Just, like, do <laughs> no, yourself a favor. I'm going to watch not. it on my phone when I'm commuting in bits. Like I'm going to watch it on a nice-ass projector at home. I mean, you can. I don't I don't give a shit. But, like... Uh, <laughs> Seems like you do. Uh, I have, I'm have. i going to use my... I'm not voting for this, but I just want to talk about it. And no one brought it up, which is kind of surprised because I was kind of thought someone would bring it up. It was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. How many people here have seen, seen that? I haven't. Sadly, I have not. I really like it. Really, honey? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Again, I heard it's depressing, and I'm just not there. So I have. I haven't watched it yet. The message is, we're all gonna die. Oh, <laughs> great. Okay. Clearly, yeah. I'll be watching it then. I think it's been playing in a few theaters in New York, and I've been procrastinating to see it in a theater. It's yeah. Like I think it's just that this was. And I don't want to sound overly mean about it, but I just had a very weird like response to this film. And I watched it with my mom as we were trying to like get films in for this podcast. And I was like, okay, let's watch Pinocchio together. Everybody loves Pinocchio, like the Guillermo del Toro one. Everyone's been celebrating it. It's been like lauded so much. And I'm a big like, I'm one of those people where it's like, I love Guillermo del Toro as a human being. I think he's just a wonderful creative light. Um, and I love almost all of his ideas. I've never fully loved one of his films, I'll be honest. Um, like fully, fully loved. I just always really, really like them or occasionally don't like them. Uh, but most part, I just think they're all very good. And I'm always waiting for like, when's he going to do that one? You know, and every time I'm like, this is it. This is going to be the one where I'm just like, oh, this is my favorite Guillermo film. And I'm, I'm wildly in love with it. And I, everyone has talked so much about this. And I love stop motion anim animation. I went in really excited. Um, and... 
I had a, and my mom did too, it had incredible trouble getting through the first hour and a half, pretty much, or like at least hour and 15 minutes because he's such an annoying fuck. Pinocchio and, is a big brat, yeah. It okay. hurt me so much. He's just so obnoxiously annoying. And then I like remembered, I like read up, I was like, oh, okay, he's meant to be obnoxiously annoying. But I was like, I want to watch this little fucking Have you not like, seen any just, other version of Pinocchio before? It's been a long time. Okay. It's been a long time. It's total dick. And I, I did, I watched like one of the live action ones where it's much more pared down. And then in like a weird reimagining like AI, you know, the, it, he's, I can deal with him in AI. He's like a melancholy prick. <laughs> but like in Guillermo de Toro's one, it's just, it hurt my head. I was like, the animation is sublime. Like the animation is incredible. And I actually recommend everyone just watches the half hour making of because it's on Netflix and it's just fantastic um, how did you feel the about the song about poop and farts yeah i don't like toileting. that's my only role my i only am role. very excited now um but yeah so it was just it was just a really weird experience because i got to the end and the end was definitely like okay you're getting like you're doing some good things i think they rush it a little bit i didn't feel the full emotional impact but for the majority of that movie i was just like please just drown this boy like i was just like like yeah don't let him out of the fucking whale shark like i'm done with this it was really just too much for me wow um yeah i think i had a similar reaction to it but um i thought it was fine i it didn't like break my heart like it did for a lot of people uh hearing that it's not a perfect film when lydia tar plays a monkey in it it's just like crazy <laughs> And Tilda Swinton as like a fairy or something. Yeah, so many talents, so many talented people in that movie. Okay, so that was the year 2022. I gotta Yay. say, we did pretty well. We we're running like 10 minutes longer than we wanted to, but we actually started late. So we're actually under time. So congratulations to everybody. Give yourselves a little round of applause. I'm very proud. I'm gonna now go through the list. If everyone wants to just vamp for a minute, I'm just gonna see if any of this makes any sense whatsoever with the debris that we're left with. Give me a few brief seconds i do wish that we could have talked a little bit about three thousand years of longing because that was a lovely movie that i don't think got enough love Vito. Well, I feel like you, you're doing it now <laughs> i, wa- I want to see i it. didn't actually like it that was good seen it nope that was nice i wanted to talk about trying sadness i want to talk about boiling point i want to talk about a lot of movies i was surprised i didn't hear from you on hellraiser or halloween ends oh, oh <laughs> halloween sentence is hilarious yeah we didn't even get to halloween ends I almost put a fuck you, I love it on Hellraiser. I was really close. Um, so uh, we have a weird mixed bag here because yeah, we didn't think it through, but obviously most underrated, not many people are doubling down on those. Uh, most underrated film we had Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, Marina, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Resurrection, and Confess Fletch. Quite the night of movies to watch. Uh, our best genre film by a landslide was Barbarian. That is our winner. Uh, for best genre film and i think we can all safely say best full-on horror film of the year uh the fuck you i love it we had no doubles down on these either so that does just make a long list um but we had texas chainsaw massacre again Jack, uh, jackass forever speak no evil the lost city sonic 2 downton abbey a new era crimes of the future <laughs> so i just think it's just someone going from sonic 2 to downton abbey to crimes of the future uh, jurassic <laughs> world dominion elvis avatar smile and white noise uh the best returning franchise was the batman with three votes second best was bum, 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 bum. okay soundtrack Don't so we'll good. get we'll get we'll get flagged for using star wars music so be careful um the best animated film is a sp- <laughs> i mean 
yeah i mean it is it is rude when you steal people's music <laughs> and then you just use it in a blockbuster uh the best animated film is split with three votes each we're turning red and marcel the shell those are our two favorite animated movies of the year um and then the ones that people just want to talk about were kimmy fresh amsterdam werewolf by night and pinocchio our best films of the year though the way it ended up we have 15 films so that's nice we have 15 films that we can recommend as a group to our listeners in no particular order uh, we have Sundown, The Worst Person in the World, After Yang, RRR, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, Men, Watcher, Nope, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Tar, After Sun, Banshees of Inishirin, The Menu, Weird Al, and Bones and All. That's a pretty good list, isn't it? We're happy with that? Varied? A little something for everyone? We're getting thumbs up. That's good. Oh, feels good to close the door now. This is the thing that helps me kind of move on into 2023. Um, every year I start the year going like, I'm going to actually like try and keep up with the movies. And then I always end up in the last month fucking cramming in so many films and it's upsetting to me. I like Oscar season as that. Um, thank you all of you for joining me. Carly, Amy, Heidi from Canada, Lola number one, Sophia and Peter. We appreciate all of you. Thanks for being our first guests on the return of this show. Again, uh, if you do subscribe to us, you're going to be getting the Final Destination series with myself, Shannon, and Carly coming very soon. And then we have some other weird series that we're formulating. It's not going to be as regular as it used to be, but don't worry if we disappear. We will be back. We're going to keep them gradually coming out. Um, I hope all of you have a beautiful beginning to your 2023. Anything anyone needs to say, say goodbye. Elvis was a masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we're out.